Welcome to Box Press Radio. I'm Dan. And I'm Zach. And it's the first week of spring, I think, really. I think spring started like mid last week. I mean, it, it kind of felt like spring today. It's still pretty cold, but there was a nice bit of sun. Yeah, it was like 50 here and rained a lot, so that seems very spring to me. Well, I guess it's spring enough that I helped my girlfriend build a fire pit in her backyard, so that's pretty spring. Yeah. Sounds like a spring thing to do. I agree. Yeah. We, uh... Yeah, we we didn't do much today. Titus, um, my son has been sick all weekend. Um, he woke up Friday night uh, just upset and had a fever. His fever got up to 104, and we called the doctor, and they were like, yeah, you can bring him in. We'll test him for strep and the flu, but if he's not throwing up, he doesn't have that. His throat doesn't hurt. So just pack him in ice, bring his temperature down, and he's fine. So we did, and his temperature came down, and he's fine. So he still doesn't feel great today. Kind of laid around a lot, but he's he's pretty much back to normal. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. We were supposed to go to a party last night, and uh, we ended up spending all day watching this show called The OA, which I don't know if you're yeah, familiar with I, that. I watched all of that. That's a real weird fucking show. Did you watch season two? I didn't know there was a season two. There is when a season two. Out? I have not watched season one, but I can tell you that season two is phenomenal. Uh, is it on Netflix? Yes, it is. Maybe I watched season two and didn't know it. Well, so for those that haven't watched it, I guess it's basically a show about oh, yeah. like... There is a season two. Holy shit. It's a show about this guy that I guess does these crazy experiments. Um... Like I said, I didn't watch the first season, but it ends up with the main characters being able to, like, move to different dimensions. And it's got kind of a Stranger Things vibe to it. And I love it. Um, I need to go back and watch the first half of it. Um, but we watched that all day yesterday and then fell asleep watching it and then woke up like 15 minutes after the party started. And it was like, do we want to do that or just finish watching this show? So we chose to finish watching the show. So you didn't watch the first season? No. I have this feeling that you're going to be really surprised by the first season, because just from the like thumbnails and descriptions of the second season's episodes, it's real different. Um, I, that, that's what I'm told, is that it's... I, I guess the first one follows this whole like weird plot line as to where... The second one, there's just a bunch of shit going on all over the place and dimension jumping, and it gets real sci-fi, which I guess the first season wasn't nearly as much so. It gets a little sci-fi, but the first one is a lot more psychological mystery. Um, gotcha. And kind of like a... um, What would you call it? Like a kidnapping story? Yeah. Like, it's not... There's very little supernatural, and the supernatural that there is is, like, you know, very specific points throughout the story. It's not, like, a constant thing. Yeah, it gets bizarre. Without giving too much away, one of my favorite parts of the second season is that there is a legit part of one of the episodes with a psychic octopus. And wow, that is enough to get me to watch a show. Like, hmm. So yeah, um, that's a great show. I need to watch more of that, definitely. 
Yeah, I I didn't know that second season came out. Usually Netflix tells me this shit, um, but they did not. I'm surprised that it did not like suggest it for me because that's definitely the kind of thing that I would watch. And I don't well, know I mean, like I watched the first season, so I would expect it to be like, "Hey, there's a new season." Yeah. Um. I'm waiting for, because I think this year there's supposed to be a new season of 3%, and that's a real good show if you haven't watched that one yet either. Yeah, I need to watch that too. Um, That one's just Mexican Hunger Games. Ah, okay. We watched, uh, right before we started this, I was just finishing up a movie. We watched a show called, or a movie called Three Frontiers. It's got a, like, I didn't realize there were, like, big name actors in it. I thought it was just, like, a cheap Netflix war movie. Um, but it had, uh, Charlie, I think is his name. Is it Charlie Hunnam? The Sons of Anarchy main guy? Yeah, you're talking to the wrong person on that one. Um, he was in something else popular. But I'm not great with actors and actresses in the first place. He's the blonde guy from Sons of Anarchy. Like, you've seen him on all the, like, photos and shit, I'm sure. Okay. Um, and then it had Ben Affleck in it. Oh, yeah. always Affleck. good to see Affleck being Affleck in something. Yep, and it's if if you like Affleck or if you don't like Affleck, it's a real good movie to watch. Um, highly recommend it. Actually, it was real good. Um, the uh, long and short of it, the plot. I won't spoil it, but the basic plot is these retired like uh, special ops army guys from different branches. Uh, all get together with this guy that's basically been living in Brazil, um, trying to make the country better and dealing with a drug lord there and finds out, you know, this guy's basically like hoarding all of his money, stops using the banks and everything. Um, and instead of like going through the government, he decides he's just going to go in and kill this guy and take all of his money. Um, oh, which you know helps him and then also helps the country because he's the one like stopping any sort of progress basically um you know kind of a narcos-esque story but um so they the the plan is like originally he tricks all these guys to going in there thinking that you know they're contracted by the brazilian government to go in and do this and then the guy's like actually no i'm just doing this um, but the money's still there. So, yeah, it, it kind of goes off the rails from there, but, um, it was, it, it kind of went some unexpected places and kind of turned out a little different than I expected. And it was interesting. It was better than I had planned on, on what I had planned on watching tonight. Um, cause I just kind of turned it on for background noise and kind of got interested. So yeah, check it out. It's free. It's on Netflix. Well, I don't know if that would make it necessarily free, but it's on Netflix. I mean, it's part of your Netflix subscription. If you have Netflix, it's free. It's not like so what a you... uh, Hulu thing where you have to pay extra. Yeah, that's... So I gotta look into this, because I, I just re-upped my Spotify premium, and it tells me that I get Hulu with that. I'm like, okay, but is that, like, Hulu... Yeah. Or is that like you get Hulu but with ads all over the place still? Because I don't. No, Hulu. Hulu has ads. Like that's 
part of their basic service. I thought you could like pay for You have to pay extra to get rid of ads. You have to almost pay a double subscription to get rid of them. Yeah, that's that's dumb about doing that. I'll stick with Netflix. I don't think <laughs> movies have ads though. Well, that'd be nice. Yeah, I think like I'm pretty sure I watched a movie on there and there were no ads. Um Have you watched Sword Art Online yet? No, I mean, I've seen a couple of episodes, but it just didn't really catch my interest. It took me a while. Like, I liked the first episode, and then it was kind of dull from there. But then, like, after, like, episode four or five, the characters actually started to get kind of interesting. Also, Iron-Blooded Orphans. I know you're not, like, a huge Gundam fan, but it's a legitimately great story. I, I'm a pretty big Gundam fan. I just it's been a long time, but I I would like to pick up some more. It is it is much more modern than the old Gundam stuff. Well, I would hope so. It, it's kind of like a it's kind of like a civil war story, but told like between planets, um, and then like kind of a kind of a like heavy discussion on child soldiers. And, like, the value of youth. I don't know. It's interesting. It's real dark. Well, that's that's always a... I mean, I, I've seen some, like, previews of it, and it looks really good. And I should have watched it while I had Funimation, and I just didn't think about it. Yeah, it's good. Um, but, yeah, it like, it's probably the Gundam I would recommend to people that didn't, like, have any interest in Gundam. Because if you just took the giant robots out of it, it's still really good and interesting. So uh, what all have you been playing this week? I know you've been doing some more Path of Exile. Yeah, um, did a second character in Path of Exile. Um, played Divine Ire on an Inquisitor. Got him up to level 70. Started running maps. Um, pretty much in line with my original League starter character. Um, basically, he charges up a big, uh, like, solar blast, and then, like, the longer you hold it down, the more charged up it gets to, like, 20 stacks, and then you let it go, and it's kind of like a um, a beam blast from Dragon Ball Z. Uh, so that's real fun. It, it looks amazing, too. Um, but yeah, it's it's cool. Uh, I thought it would kind of suck because I don't usually like skills where you have to like stop and charge up a skill, but the more you like build your, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, cast speed, it doesn't take very long and you can just kind of like tap and let go and it just fires a, you know, a lower damage beam cause it like stacks and exponentially grows in damage up to like. You know, ridiculous numbers like kill a boss in one shot kind of numbers if you stack it all the way. Um, but if you just kind of like tap the button, it's enough to kill like basic enemies that you run through all the time. And then it also shocks everything in a cone around you, which is really nice. So I don't know. I, I didn't think I'd like it as much as I do, but yeah, it's, it's real fun. Um, and it helped that I had a bunch of really good starter gear because I had farmed a ton of currency. Um, and I've had some pretty insane drops, like the best drops I've ever seen in the game for myself just from low tier maps like I've just had really good RNG and I I feel like part of it too is I kind of know what I'm looking for on good stats so like stuff that wouldn't normally stick out as like impressive 
is slightly more impressive to me when I'm like, oh, if I'm running this build, this item is great. So, like, something that, you know, maybe last league is only worth, like, you know, in, like, dollar currency so that it makes sense to the layman, um, the non-Path of Exile player, something that would be worth, like, a dollar normally is worth, like, $10,000 this league because everybody's playing that build and needs those stats together. So... Um, Fair enough. Yeah, kind of cool. I found a couple of uh, really, really good items. So, like, one chaos is, like, you know, the big currency, the currency that everybody has, you know, some of, but it's still pretty uncommon. It's the base, the equivalent of, like, a $20 bill. Um, I found two items that are worth, like, 80 to 150 of those. Word. Yeah. So pretty valuable stuff um but yeah super fun um nothing different about it it's it's the same game uh i don't really care for the league mechanic it's basically it's kind of like playing carcassonne but you're like linking these maps together and building like you get puzzle pieces and you kind of put them together to connect all the different like zones and the more you connect they affect the other ones that are connected to them so it might be like, there's more mobs here. They're stronger, but they drop more currency. So that kind of like, you know, gets more and more complex and more and more difficult. But the more you stack, the bigger the rewards. So that's kind of interesting, but it's a it's a fucking headache trying to figure out how to make that work. It And it's not easy. Like, it's very, very time-consuming and difficult. So I've just been kind of sticking to the basic league mechanics and just farming currency. Um, and kind of trying to kill the original bosses. So, it's kind of fun. Right on. Yeah. Well, speak, speaking of your DBS, DBZ-esque skill, um, I've been playing DB Fighters a lot. Fighters-Z. Fighters. Yeah. I, it's been really weird because I'm at a... I guess the way that it works is there's three stories. You play as the good guys, then the bad guys, then I don't know. Um... But I'm on the bad guy campaign, and you immediately, or halfway through, you, like, meet up with all the good guy characters. And there's a lot of people I did not level up, so I have to, like, go back through all the old missions and level everyone up right now. Oh, wow. Um, but it's it's a lot of fun, and I like the way that they set up this game, because it makes some of my favorite fighters, like, usable. Yeah. Like, I can pick Yamcha to fight Cell and win. And that makes me happy because <laughs> Yamcha is amazing. And the unlikeliest of scenarios. So I guess the way that it works is like all the characters are suppressed and they can't use like most of their power. So everyone's kind of at the same like plane of existence. So Krillin can actually beat the piss out of Cell and Frieza on his own, hmm. which is just great. So that's been pretty fun to play so far. I mean, it's a pretty solid fighter. I didn't realize until I started playing it that it was made by the Guilty Gear people. Yeah, I knew but that, actually. The moment you start playing it, you're like, oh, this is Guilty Gear. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's so much very the same. Yeah, and the they burst have and everything. Well, not only that, but just the way they start off the fights, the way all the characters look. Uh, but even the music, because they do that hard, like, heavy metal-type music and shit. Which should be in every fighting game. 
And when it comes to music and fighting games, I think we really need to sit down with NetherRealm and ask them what the fuck they're doing with their Mortal Kombat trailers. Because this is the second time they've released a Mortal Kombat trailer with, like, gangster-ass hip-hop. Which yeah, I, they, is neat, but... I feel like somebody the... there watches too much UFC. Yeah, and I'm like, look, it's cool, I'm with it. I'm not sure what the hell this has to do with Mortal Kombat. Right. Like, Mortal Kombat to me was always, like, hard rock, industrial, metal type of shit. Like, I don't know. Maybe some techno beats. Like, that's the way, I guess, Mortal Kombat's always been for me. So it's just really weird with all this hip-hop. Yeah, like, I guess I never associated music with Mortal Kombat, and it never really bothered me when there was hip-hop. And, like, a lot of the people I play Mortal Kombat with listen to hip-hop. So I guess it never struck me as strange. Like, I never associated rock music with Mortal Kombat, but I never associated any music with it. Well, so I paid a lot of attention to Mortal Kombat. Uh, First of all, if you look at the older games, especially Mortal Kombat 3, it was very, like, industrial electronic-based. When you got to, like, Mortal Kombat 5 or 6, I think Edema did a music video specifically for that game. Uh, that makes sense. Like, I could see rock music going with it, or even metal. Well, and then there was also, you know, I, I was a big fan of the movies, especially Annihilation. And I still hold today that that is the best soundtrack to anything ever. That is just a really well put together fucking soundtrack. So that's always kind of been the standard of Mortal Kombat music for me. Makes sense. Um,. So you're excited about the uh, MK11 release coming up? Oh, absolutely. I'm going to play the piss out of it. I love Mortal Kombat. Um, The characters look good. I'm interested to see what they are going to do that's different. But honestly, I don't need the game to be that different. I don't know. Yeah, I... From what I've seen in, like, interviews and, like, you know, them talking about it, it's not going to be all that different, but they do talk about like how they're removing some of the systems and like some of the counter stuff. Um, you know, they've changed the way the meter works, which is kind of like the main change for that game. Cause like any fighting game, like the way the meter works is kind of the main mechanic in the game. Yeah. So should be interesting. I think. Yeah, I want to see what some of the new characters are going to be like and stuff like that. I, I haven't really seen who all they're releasing for the game yet, but I want to see what other characters from the franchise are going to come back. It's really weird because they're constantly like, oh, we're going to we're gonna make new characters for this game. And I'm like, you've got over 60-somewhat characters, and I'm waiting for you to bring some of them back. Yeah, like, I think one of the ones that they've talked about, like, they, I think they're probably going to bring back, like, everybody in this one, because the whole thing is, like, a time travel story. Um, and the new character is kind of like a time lord. Like, he, you know, can control time. So, I have a feeling we're going to see, like, most of the characters, if not in the game base, as DLC. Which, you know, fine, whatever. Yeah, that that's the world we live in. <laughs> We just accept it at this point. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I don't know. I'm 
I'm excited for it. I don't know how much of it I'll play. I Typically, I enjoy watching fighters more than playing them at this point. Because I just don't have the time to like go to a community event anymore like I used to. And I don't have the interest to sit at home and play online. Um, and I never really care for the netcode in fighter games. I just always feel like my losses are like, oh man, I had a shitty connection. Even if it was me like playing like garbage, you get the occasional hiccup and you're like, well, I played like shit, but it didn't help that, you know, I lagged at this one important moment. Yeah. Um, you know, it just, it makes the whole experience kind of feel tainted. So. I guess I never worry about the online, and it's all about where's the single player, and that's one of the reasons I like Soul Calibur and Mortal Kombat, because there's usually a lot of that. Yeah, and I'm I'm a big Soul Calibur fan. I haven't picked up the new one yet, because I'll, you know, I kind of just want to play the story. So I'll wait until it's like 10 bucks on a Steam sale at some point. Yeah, and that's what I would do. I mean, as much as I love the new Soul Calibur game, it's really hard to justify it being $60 because it's just... I feel like they took a really long time to put out what was basically just a, another Soul Calibur game. Like, there's nothing really that special about it. It's not the best one that they've made so far or anything like that. Right, it's just kind of more of that game. Well, and they're kind of doing what Mortal Kombat did, where they're going back and saying, like, hey, let's reinvent the storyline by starting from the beginning again. Right. Which, I hesitate to call that a cop-out, but it kind of is, even if they don't mean it to be, if you know what I mean. Well, I think the the problem is they were trying to figure out where to go with the story, and they've added all this ridiculous lore over the years, and none of it makes any damn sense. Right. So I think but they've stuck was... to it for some odd reason. Yeah, so I think this is their chance of going like, here, we're going to try and like actually pull it all together. And then added a new character, which doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I feel like that's a lose-lose for them. Like, you know, they don't add in a new character and everybody be like, oh, what the fuck, you didn't add anything new. You add in a new character and everybody's like, really, you needed more? Okay, here's the part that bothers me, though is it's not like they added a new character and they're just like, this is just some off character that happens to be there. Or something interesting like, oh, it's a time traveler and this is an alternate universe and that's why things are slightly different. Nothing cool like that. But like, we added a new boss character to the storyline from the first three games. And I'm like, how? That doesn't make any sense. Because time travel. Yeah, but there's not even that. They're just like, yeah, this is a bad guy that I guess just was always there and we never talked about, but he's a really big deal. And I'm like, well, well I guess I understood different. I I guess my understanding of that was he was always there in the background, but he had control of time. So he wasn't necessarily always there in the timelines that we were seeing. Which is a total cop out. But it's also a, it's a works. Like, it makes sense in a time travel sort of way, but it's a real big cop-out anyway. I mean, luckily it's pretty easy to ignore because his character's not at all interesting or fun to play, but... Yeah, I've heard a lot of people not be real thrilled with the whole, like, time rewind mechanic. Um, rightfully so, in my opinion. I I always thought, you know, 
the whole time manipulation thing was kind of fucking stupid. But people get really excited about time travel, so I don't know what to do with that. Like, they like money, so I have a hard time holding it against them. But at the I mean, same like, time, do better. I like the time travel shit if it's done correctly, I guess. I don't know. I I generally don't like time travel. Just because it always feels like they either have to take it way too seriously, or they completely ignore it, and it's pointless. I mean, I like the whole time paradox thing that happened in the Mortal Kombat reboot I was a big fan of. Eh. I don't know. I, I struggle with time travel in movies and games in general. I just... I would prefer if they left it out. Because um, it just always feels like a cop-out to me. I don't know. I feel like they did it in the best way possible where they were like, well, the last game ended off with the literal end of existence. Where do you go from there? Mm, True. Let's let's just say they all fucking lost and wipe it all clean. Okay. Yeah, true. Fine with that. Hey, who wants to relive Mortal Kombat 1 but in 3D? Mm, I do. <laughs> right. I guess that's fine. I don't know. I I like Mortal Kombat. I think the characters... I think the characters have changed so many times that it is kind of fun to have a time travel mechanic just so they can be like, here's all the different variations. Yeah. I mean, that kind of is cool. Well, and then they added some ridiculous shit with the costumes where it was like, here's Sub-Zero and Scorpion, but if they were alive during the Cold War for some fucking reason. Because why not, right? Yeah, I mean, fuck it. I'll take Sub-Zero and, and Scorpion with, like, gas masks and shit. Like, fuck yeah. Uh, oh. So, um, I have a question for you. This is a totally different topic. Sure. Um, how familiar are you with, like, current headphones? Not very. I've been buying cheap-ass headphones for a long time. So, I need a new pair of over-the-ear headphones, like a headset, like a gaming headset. Um, and I'm really torn. There are some like $70 skull candy headphones that are apparently really good, but they do have a tendency to break at the headband, like the plastic coating. So they look kind of trashy if they break, but they're only 70 bucks and they apparently have great quality, um, as far as sound quality goes. And then there are the $120 HyperX Cloud wireless headphones and they seem to be great like everybody that i've talked to really loves them but also they look really really fucking nerdy and they apparently don't have sound that's that much better so i'm just kind of torn on like do i spend a little extra money when i get my taxes and get the better headset that looks kind of wonky or should I get like should I just like go back to the well and get another fucking razor headset since this one's lasted me like ten years? Yeah, I usually go for like middle of the line stuff. Like I have a Sadie's right now. Um and it looks pretty dope and it's got like a weird line thing that glows or whatever. It's cool. I don't know, it's the one I've been using pretty much since I got a headset. Yeah. And it works fine and i treat it like shit and it still works fine so 
I can't complain with it. I'm I'm a pretty big fan. Yeah, I I kind of want to try this uh, Skull Candy headset because I've heard really good reviews about the sound quality and it looks really fucking slick. Like I really like the style of it. It doesn't have any glowy bullshit. It's just really like kind of nice style, nice shape. Uh, seems to be very comfortable, and it's not super expensive. So I don't know. Also, like, that HyperX Cloud headset looks real nice, too. I'm always sketchy of, uh, like, more expensive headsets, because I've gotten them, and either they're just incompatible with everything, even though they say they're compatible with every fucking thing in the world, or the well, I mean, I know, I know the easily, or... I know both of them will work, I, but I do know, like, the HyperX headset is a solid aluminum body, so it's not going to break apart. And I know the sound quality on both of them are pretty good. The HyperX ones are the ones they use for most of the gaming tournaments. So I know they're pretty decent. Uh, And I do know for a fact that they work on, you know, whatever PC and my phone and, like, Xbox if you plug it into it. So I'm not worried about compatibility, necessarily. I always get those ones that want to... They have, like, the 3mm connections or whatever and i just like the ones that are usb see i'm staying away from usb because i have limited usb ports on my pc and i'm actually looking into a wireless headset i don't get wireless anything because i hate batteries and charging uh i have a usb extender on on my tower right now well that's the thing is they can i i also use a, a usb tower but it's also full because I, I run a ton of shit on this computer. Uh, but also, also like, laptop, yeah. Yeah, see, and I have all my essentials in the back of my computer, so I don't need to worry about that. Yeah, like I have I have an HDMI cable, two USB ports into the PC, and then six ports with microphones and stuff plugged in to the tower, uh, the USB tower. But... Like, I've been really happy with this wife or a wireless headset that I'm using now, but I just want something other than a pair of earbuds. Yeah, I can understand that. Like, typically, I when I play, I like right now I'm wearing my left earbud. That's all I ever use, and I want to try to actually pay attention to the games like going forward, and wear the headset the right way. And I typically just don't do that because I don't have a comfortable, nice headset. Like, I I had one, but it's literally crumbling. It's falling apart. See, and I guess that's not as useful for some of the games we play. Like, you don't really need that for Path of Exile or Overwatch, but I I cannot imagine... I can't imagine playing, like, Battlefield or Siege without, like, a full headset. Well, and honestly, I just kind of want it to be able to really pay attention to what I'm doing. Um, And just something that's a little bit more comfortable. Because, like, the earbuds get kind of uncomfortable after a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I use earbuds at work and they irritate the shit out of me by the end of the day. Both of the headsets that I'm looking at, the Skull Candy and the HyperX, have 20-hour battery life that people have confirmed. Like, people I know have told me, yes, that's true. Like, 15 to 20 hour minimum battery life on one charge. 
and they charge to full charge in 45 minutes. So, yeah, like I'm okay with that. If I have to plug them in for like 20 minutes to be able to use them all night, I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's not bad. So I'm not worried about the battery, and I know the sound quality is good on both of them. It's just kind of a matter of like, do I want to spend the extra money for the aluminum body frame and 7.1 surround? Or do I just want like the cheaper, nice looking headset? So that is the conundrum. I mean, quality's probably better. Probably, yeah. And I know the last, so. I, uh, I have been getting back into my handheld kick. I think I talked last week about playing Pokemon Crystal a little yeah. bit again. And I'm still playing a shit ton of it. I got. I'm I'm almost done with the Johto side. I have more. I have like six or seven badges now. Um, and I'm trying to play this game in a way that I never would have done as a kid. Like, first of all, I'm doing the same thing I've been doing for years, where I'm gonna catch all the Pokemon after I beat the game. Right. And I'm just kind of catching what I need right now to get by. Which means a I have I had a Ladybug at my party. It was like the first Pokemon I caught. And evolved it, and I still have it in my party, and I don't know why, because it is a crap Pokemon. Yep. But I'm still, it's still working for me, I'm still making it work, and I am, I'm actually using Togepi, because usually after that hatches, I dump that dumb-looking motherfucker in the box immediately. Yeah, that that's never been one that I've used. I was like, oh, that's a neat thing in the TV show that I'm never going to use for real. I mean, it's, uh, you know... It's okay, it's mediocre, it's not great. I did get Growlithe. Growlithe has been doing work like crazy, because the Gen 1 Pokemon always do amazing work. Right. Um, and I got my Totodile, which evolved to whatever stupid thing that is. I don't even know. I don't remember what the other thing I had was. I don't know, but it's been it's been a pretty weird party, and it's made me have to win most of my battles in really bizarre ways. Like, I've won a lot of my gym badges by just using, like, supersonic and potions over and over again and just letting the other party kill itself because I can't. Right. Yeah. So, I'm curious. Do you ever use items like accuracy up or, like, damage up in fights? Very rarely. Like, I did have a gym battle where they kept lowering my accuracy and they couldn't really do any damage to me. And I was like, well, I'm tired of this. So I used an X accuracy just to nullify all of the work that the other team did. Um, but it's few and far between. I mean, 90% of the time I'll go through an entire game and never touch one of those things. Yeah. I, I was just curious. Cause that's one of those items that like every time I've ever had that in a game, like, I hoarded them, like, oh, I'm going to need these at some point, and then I just literally end the game with, like, a thousand of them, because I never used one. I, you know, after having played Pokemon for so many years, I'm really trying to get more into trying different strategies and using all of the items that I never used before. Like, I'm trying to make use of them, but they're just so stupid, I don't know why they're still there. I feel that way about coworkers a lot of the time. fantastic um no i i hear you though like 
it's it's an interesting balance because I feel like there's a lot of people that I know that are like, oh yeah, I I use those all the time. You know, I can do the content way quicker, and I'm over here like, huh, never used one in my life. I don't even know how good it is. Yeah, it's not. It's mostly a waste of time. Um, I always try to build my party so that the types work out. And I just always have somebody that can steamroll somebody else. And that is right. the best way to play. Yeah, I, I've always done it the same way. Just like, well, I'm going to level, you know, this fucking specific type to just steamroll through this gym leader and win with one Pokemon. And then do a bunch of fights and spread out the XP. And then go do the next one. Well, and it's also gotten to the point now where, you know, they've gotten really good. We've gotten really good at, uh, like, switching Pokemon between generations. Right. So it's like, by the time I have my second badge on this game, I also have, like, 23 mythical, shiny level 100 Pokemon from just over the past several years. Right. I'm not a big fan of that. I, I kind of feel like you should never be able to import Pokemon from other games. Or at least not until you finish the story. Yeah. I more or less agree. Especially since, like, until you get your national Pokedex, most of it doesn't matter anyway. Right. And I mean, I say that because I feel like... Well, so the one time that I I imported a Pokemon from another game I had played... And it was, like, I think I ended up importing, like, a level 50 at, like, level 10 or something. And it was, like, this Pokemon might not listen to you. And I was, like, yeah, I don't really care. So I used it anyway. You only need it to listen once or decide to attack on its own, and you win. Yeah. Dude, I've so done that like, a few times where it's, like, Kyogre won't listen to you. I'm, like, well, eventually he'll do something and everything will die, so I don't care. Right, like, I don't need him to listen to me, I just need him to fucking hit the other thing once. Or just let yourself sit there and die, I mean, whatever. Right. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing, is like, the enemies can't kill it, so we're just gonna sit here until it decides that you're dead. Uh, pretty much. So, when is your next uh, business trip? Uh, I'm currently... So I have to schedule it, but it's hard to get everyone together to schedule it at the moment because we have everybody's trying to do new shit at my work. And because of that, we're trying to do too many things. They don't realize, like, we fired people and not replaced them. Like, we've kept downsizing, so now we don't have the manpower to take care of all the things that we want to do. So now everybody is just really far behind in playing catch-up. So eventually I'll find out. Hmm. That sounds uh, still, like typical to, business bullshit. Yeah, well, I mean, I have to catch up on my own shit right now, so I'm not super pressed. I was just curious if you had one, like, scheduled already, like, you knew you were going to be in, like, California in, like, three months or something. Well, I think I was supposed to be in Colorado at the end of April. But that got postponed, and I haven't got a postponement date for that yet. Hmm. So, at some point I should be going out that way, but I don't know when. Okay. I'm not a big fan of Colorado. The mountains make me nervous. The the mountains make you nervous? Yeah, I I feel like I can't get away. Like, if some shit went down, I would be stuck, and it makes me uncomfortable. I think if shit went down, I would go to the mountains. Like, 
Nah, I, I don't want I don't want to be by the mountains. I want water around me. Like I'm I'm comfortable with water around me. I want lakes. Like I want the Great Lakes there because as long as I'm near like Lake Michigan, I know I would never starve and would always be able to get away from whatever. I don't know. I, I like Colorado. I've been there a bunch. Um, the thing is, everybody likes to go to Colorado Springs, and that, to me, isn't really much different than home. It's one of the few places I've been, actually, is Colorado Springs. I mean, it's a nice place, but I don't. it's not that special, to be honest. No, it, it's very touristy, very expensive. Uh, but when you get out to, like like Vail, it's beautiful out there and there's I haven't found another place in the country that's like that. Well, and don't get me wrong, like it's beautiful. Like there's nothing wrong with it for sure. Um I just I wouldn't want to live there because I I am uncomfortable around the mountains. I see my mom was always big in the mountains. Most of her family still lives in like the mountains of PA, so I guess mountains have always been like, "Oh yay, more mountains. This is fantastic." Yeah, I don't know. I I just I can't I I can't deal with it, and I hate I really hate driving in the mountains. Um, it's unnerving. Like the idea that a semi can't just like roll to a stop behind me makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> that I understand. Um, but yeah, the the time I drove through the mountains in Colorado, they were very pretty. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Something about it just makes me nervous. That's just so, it's just so weird. I, I realize it's irrational. I, I'm not, I'm not uh, ignoring the fact that I have an irrational fear of the mountains. And I guess it's not even a fear. Like, I don't even mind being in the mountains. I just wouldn't want to stay there. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. It's just, yeah, I've never heard of that, I guess. I, most people around here are pretty big into mountains. And also, like, if I were, if I had to pick some mountains, I would probably go for the Smoky Mountains. Uh, I like the Smoky Mountains a lot. Those are, those are a real bitch to drive around, though. Yes, those mountains make me nervous when I'm in a car. And, like, driving myself in the mountains doesn't make me nervous at all, because I'm very confident driving. Um... I'm just nervous of, like, fucking semis, honestly. Yeah, well, I don't, there's not, I, don't, I didn't really... I was in the Smoky Mountains last. Yeah, we we drove quite a bit when we were out there, and we actually have plans to go back and do some fly fishing probably later this year. Um, but, I don't know. I I think the Smoky Mountains are prettier, in my opinion, than, like, the Rockies or just Colorado in general. Um, I, I like the foresty mountain. Um, Oh yeah. I don't know. Something about it. I just, I like those in particular. And I guess I feel like they're more, I feel like they're more open. Like I would have an easier time, like just walking out of them. Yeah. That makes sense. I don't know. I guess I don't ever think about really being trapped in the mountains. It's just kind of like... I feel like when I'm up in the mountains, the rest of civilization doesn't matter. So if it all goes to shit, like, whatever, fuck them, I'm up here. 
Yeah, I also have plans to go to the uh, Natural Bridge State Park in Kentucky again this year. I've never even heard of it. So, imagine a bridge that's like 5,000 feet tall, and it's made out of rock. Well, that sounds like something I'm not going to fucking do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, the scariest thing I've ever actually done, I rappelled down the middle of it. So, like, tie a rope around it, like, in the dead center of it, and jump off the side and slide down a rope to the bottom. And I don't think it's 5,000 feet. I I exaggerated that. But it's very tall. Fucking why, though? Why the hell would you do that? I don't know, man. Because that was the thing we were doing at the time. I've never been that guy. Like, if there's a whole group of people, they're all like, we're doing this thing, it's fun. I'll be like, well, you have fun. I'm not fucking doing that. Like, well, I mean, like, I'm an outdoorsy kind of person, so. Yeah, I'm just thinking about the heights, and I'm just like, fuck no, I would never. No, I, I definitely didn't want to do it, but I was definitely, like, not going to be the, the pussy that wouldn't do it. That's the problem with people today. They're afraid of being pussies. I got no problem with being a pussy. I mean, generally speaking, like, I'm not a super, uh, I'm not like a super macho guy, but also I didn't want to walk all the way back down the trail. <laughs> well, as long as the laziness is part of it. It was, it did factor in. I was like, I cannot <laughs> look like a bitch and not have to walk that three and a half hours back down. Because I did not know that was the plan on the way up. Like, that definitely was news to me when I got there. I was like, we're doing what now? They were like, oh yeah, no, we we hiked all the way up here so that we can rappel down. And I'm like, do what now? I think if I took a three and a half hour hike and then somebody told me that we're all rappelling down... I will be angry and hungry enough to stab a rabbit through the fucking throat. I'm living in the woods now. I ain't walking back down the road with calling down this motherfucker. <laughs> like, like, well, I guess I live, I live here now. <laughs> Just like that, I became a hunter. I think that's what would make me actually hunt. It's like it's hard to it's hard to justify hunting. I don't want to go hurt an animal when I can just go down to McDonald's or something. But if I was out in the middle of nowhere. And I had to go a really, really far distance. Well, I guess I'm going to have to kill something. I don't know. (laughs) Sorry, rabbit, but you're going to (laughs) die. Usually I wouldn't mind that you're there, but you just became dinner. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I've never had an issue with hunting. Um... But, like, I, I do understand people having an issue with hunting. Um, well, it's also, I think, like, the environment I grew up in. Like, I don't know how people were when you were growing up, but especially since we don't really live near any farms or, you know, much wildlife. Uh, we grew up with that very, like, PC, like, all animals are your friend and life is wonderful kind of shit. So it was like, 
you can't hurt that wild animal because it's life and life is amazing. And I'm like, really? Because that thing looks like it has rabies and it doesn't look like it wants to be my friend. But okay. I mean, I didn't necessarily grow up around hunting. Like, nobody in my family really hunted. But, like, you know, I definitely grew up fishing and, um, you know, just kind of being outdoors a lot. I, I, there's a lot of people here that say they fish, but I'm really convinced that most people here have no idea what fishing is and just use it as an ex- like use fishing poles as an excuse to get drunk on a boat. And that's about it. That sounds about right. <laughs> like, it's like, I just wish I could fish all day. I'm you mean you just wish you could be drunk all day, not near people because you could just say that. And I would agree with you totally. That's how I feel about golf. Yeah, but golf requires walking from one place where there isn't anything to another place where there isn't anything all day, as to where fishing requires you to sit. And I'm just fine with that. I mean... (laughs) I can sit. It can, but, like, when I go fishing, I don't just sit still. Like, it's it's extremely active for me. Fuck no, yeah, I would probably just sit. Lots of sitting. Like, I can't stand that. Like, I I can't sit still and fish. That bothers me. I I don't think I've ever seen anybody else do anything else but sit. Yeah, that's understandable. Like, total side note. Go ahead. I picked up Red's Apple Ale last week. Yeah. And it was like a variety pack. They have the regular Red's, but they also have blueberry and pineapple ale Mm -hmm. and that is strange i don't know if you've ever had them before um Um, i have not i've only had their basic one and like one other one i don't even remember which one Um, so the apple ale is great because it's reds reds is great right um the pineapple ale is pretty good the blueberry one is i I don't know how i feel about blueberry at the moment (laughs) I typically do not care for blueberry drinks for whatever reason. And my wife gets irritated about this because she likes blueberry wine a lot. I associate the flavor of blueberry drinks with vomit. And it's not like I ever got drunk on blueberry drinks. It's just that flavor to me tastes like the flavor of vomit. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess I get that. That's how I am with like too much cheese, but I did get sick on cheese a lot. So you know, I can um, eat I can eat whole blocks of cheese. Yeah, I feel like everyone in the world but me can. Probably. Um, <laughs> That's probably accurate. It's your superpower. It's to not want to eat all of the cheese. Yeah, I don't yeah. I'm not a cheese <laughs> person. But no, I you know, I like blueberry. I like blueberry drinks. I love blueberry wine. I'm all about that. Blueberry ale? Maybe not. Maybe not ale. Maybe that's not where I want blueberry at. <laughs> Maybe this is where these belong. I don't know. Like, they do a blueberry beer at Shoreline, my local brewery, and I don't feel like that's terrible. <laughs> it doesn't taste like vomit, I guess. I please, like my I ringing please, endorsement. I please, please tell me you told people that. Like, oh, what do you think of this blueberry beer? Well, it doesn't taste like vomit. Yeah, no, I definitely didn't tell him that. (laughs) The 
fucking thing. <laughs> Good job. You made it not taste like puke. <laughs> I mean, I think I did. I, I really confused some people when I went to the Om Gang Brewery. Because um, they were like, oh, well, this is like our best stuff. And I'm like, mm, uh-huh. And I would just drink like a sip of it and put the rest of the shot glass down. And they're like, did you not like it? I'm like, I mean, it's beer. It pretty much all tastes like crap. You people have no taste buds whatsoever. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> like, they're so proud of their beer. And I'm like, yeah, this is, uh, do I have water? Water has a better taste than this. I like water. I don't know. I I feel like beer is very subjective. And most people that make beer aren't offended if somebody doesn't like their drink. Because they have definitely tried beer from people that they respect. That they're like, mm, yeah, this is not for me. Beer to me reminds me of like Marble Reds. <laughs> okay. Um, if you smoke a lot of cigarettes, you're not going to smoke Marble Reds. You're going to smoke anything with some flavor in it. Marble Reds are for people that just like started smoking and then they couldn't love quit. love cigarettes. Just... <laughs> yeah. They just started smoking and couldn't quit, and they're just like, I guess reds. Like I don't, I don't want to look for better tasting stuff. I'm just gonna drink. Or I'm just gonna smoke this crap. So what you're saying like, is they are the natty light of cigarettes. Yeah, we go with that. I'm fine with that. I don't know. It's just when it comes to alcohol, there's so many options. I don't know why I would drink beer. It's the worst tasting of the options. See, now, I mean, that's all subjective, though, because I like the flavor of beer. Like, I don't like the flavor of all beer. But there's a lot of it that I like. And the more of it I drink, the more of it I like. I mean, if it's between beer and wine, I want wine. If it's between beer and cider, I want cider. If it's between beer and liquor, I want liquor. Like, there's no other alcohol that I would want beer before I would want that. Right. Unless you're offering me like a gin and tonic or something and get the fuck out of my face with that shit. But... <laughs> you can leave. <laughs> Which was funny because we're out to dinner tonight. Uh, Kit's boyfriend uh, ordered a gin and tonic and I just, what? Fucking why? And this dude, it's even weirder because he's like this, like as far as I know, he's he's just like, a. I, I don't know if he's adopted or something like that. Like he's, <laughs> Well, he ordered gin and tonic, so clearly he's adopted. But he's, like, this giant Chinese uh, bodybuilder. And he's just like, yeah, give me a gin and tonic. And I'm like, why a gin and tonic? Like, fucking what? How did you ever go in the direction that you ended up with gin and tonic as the drink that you want for dinner? Who hurt you? (laughs) How did you get to this decision? (laughs) Yeah, I want to know. I want to know how all paths came to converge here. Yeah, I don't know. Like of all of the liquors, uh, gin is the one that I least want to drink ever. That's like how everybody after the disaster that is the 1920s feels, and that's the correct position to take. I don't understand. Yeah, there's a reason that that was the bathtub liquor. Yeah, if I'm drinking gin, that's because they reinstated Prohibition and I have no other options. <laughs> yeah, I just need to get drunk enough to forget that I'm alive. That's the only reason I would ever drink gin. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know why they even still make gin. I, I don't get it. They should stop. 
I, and I realized I'm not a big fan of bourbon anymore. Because um, I was recently in Kentucky, and of course there's bourbon everywhere. And I didn't really drink much, but I smelled plenty of bourbon. And I'm just not feeling that shit. I'm, hard liquor has been harder on me as I've gotten older. Hard. So hard liquor, the only kind that I drink now is bourbon. Like, I legitimately can say I don't drink anything but bourbon as far as liquor goes. Like, if somebody hands me, like, you know, a vodka and lemonade, I guess I'll drink it, maybe. Like, to be polite, or if I'm thirsty, because I like lemonade, and I don't mind vodka as long as it's not swill. Um, But yeah, Yeah. I, I agree with you. Like, I don't really drink to get drunk. I drink because I like the flavor of things. Um... See, I'm kind of both, and I've been going with more like the fruity mixed drinks, and I don't even give a shit. Uh, I don't like sweet stuff, I'll, so those don't do much for me. I'll, I'll, I'll drink a mimosa or a Bloody Mary or something. I don't care. Whatever. I can't do the Bloody Mary. I hate tomato juice. See, yeah, none of that bothers me. There's only two. I think there's really only two alcohols that I can still drink straight. Uh, I'll still drink tequila straight. Don't care about that. I probably um, still could. <laughs> I haven't tried yeah. because I probably shouldn't. <laughs> Just being real. Jaeger, um, I, I, Jaeger oh. is the only thing I won't take a, trace, a chaser for. Like, I just like Jaeger. I drank a, uh, a shot of Fireball at my wife's Christmas party. Her company Christmas party. Because this guy like brought him to the table and he's like, oh, we're all going to drink this. And I'm like, what is it? Oh, it's Fireball. And I'm like, ugh, Jesus, why, dude? He's like, oh, you got to do it. You got to do it. It's Christmas. And I was like, fuck you fucking Fireball. Will you go away if, if I drink this? Um, <laughs> Die? <laughs> will, will you please, like, can I, can I shoot a Fireball at you if, if I drink this? Is that how this works? Okay. I'm on board. Um, it's cinnamon flavored whiskey though. Yeah. And you know, I, when fireball first came out, I drank a shit ton of it. I did not. I drank a lot. Everyone here drank it. That was like, that's what high schoolers drink is fireball. Yeah. Um, but now going back to it, like I had fireball recently at a party and I was like, I can't fucking drink this shit. (laughs) Yeah, no, that tastes like you're going to be dead tomorrow yeah i took one shot i was like no good on this <laughs> it's a hard pass but i think i drink mostly cider now in general cider and a little bit of like ale that's about it i drink almost exclusively beer i have not bought a bottle of bourbon and i do plan to buy a bottle of bourbon when i get my tax return but typically I don't want to just have like one drink and sip on it for hours anymore. Um, I do, and I'll, but I'll buy a lot of wine for that reason. And I, I'm not a wine guy. It's too heavy for me. And it's, it's too, like, I would rather drink like really light, like white grape juice, like just traditional grape juice. Um, See, I, I typically drink Rieslings that are, they're fairly light. I like white wines and stuff. And most of the people I run into like to drink reds, and I'm not a big fan of red wine. Yeah, I it's I would just rather stick to like beer or bourbon and then like I'm good with water, man. Like I'll drink a water. Like you said. Like I don't have anything against it or like lemonade. 
Give me a lemonade. Yeah, I've been drinking a lot of lemonade lately. Like, the past year or so, if you give me lemonade versus almost anything else, I'll drink lemonade. Honestly, I could probably save a lot of money if I just started buying a bottle of mediocre vodka and, like, made some good homemade lemonade that's kind of sour. Like, I don't want, like, country time, like, pound of sugar in a glass. Like, it's okay, but I like a shitload of lemons with a little bit of sugar. Yeah. I don't have any idea how we got to this conversation. I, I don't either, or where to go, because we've covered, I think, most of the things. Um, What did you think of uh, the new Overwatch character, Baptiste? Uh, I mean, I'm not a fan. Um, just for me personally using him. As far as him, playing like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't like playing him that much. I don't mind that he's in there. He's great to have on a team. I like having him around. I, I don't feel like he's overpowered like every other character that comes out is immediately overpowered. Um, yeah, I, I feel like his healing is out of control. Really? I don't get that at all. I did the most healing I've ever done in that game in like one of my first games playing as him. I think we're all just forgetting how weak wheeler, uh, healers have become. Because, like, Mercy used to be fucking insane for the longest time. And they nerfed Mercy into the fucking grounds. Now she barely does more healing than Anna most of the time. Oh, yeah. She is the bottom tier healer for sure. Um, so I think we're just starting to see the rise of healers come back. It's not that ridiculous. I don't ever feel like oh shit, I can't win because they have a Baptiste, and I never felt like, oh shit, we're definitely going to stop them because we have a Baptiste. Like, I definitely I felt like I kept the team alive with Baptiste, and we won it because I canceled like two or three alts at one time with his regular ability. Yeah, and that's, that's good. I mean, that's how you should feel as a healer. I mean, I know you don't play the healer role a great deal well and maybe that's it too is i just i'm not used to playing a healer but it's it's great when i actually play around as like mercy where i know the reason we won is because i fucking kept everybody alive through a lot of bullshit like yeah i didn't get any of the kills but i did my job well that was the thing i was getting like you know gold kills and then on top of it i was fucking like legitimately keeping the entire team alive and totally canceling out enemy alts. Well, now you know how I feel as Moira. Yeah, for real. And like, I I really do feel like his ability to legitimately cancel an alt is maybe overpowered. Um, but it's also not that dissimilar from like a Symmetra shield. Um. But her hers is an alt is the difference. Like he ch- he can just throw that shit down, and have it for the next fight. I've realized people get really good at destroying it pretty quickly, though. They do, but it doesn't matter if somebody throws out an alt like a diva bomb, and you throw that down at the last second. Like you just need it to not let the alt kill people. Well, I think that's fine now too, because everyone's kind of doing the Overwatch League thing where you wait until the whole team has alts and then just pound the point with alts. True. Relentlessly, Which, it's a good strategy. Like people should have been doing that for years. Yeah, but now you've got Baptiste. They could be like, "Well, about that." Yeah, about that alt you were going to use. 
Um, and it doesn't, it definitely doesn't save you from everything. Like, you definitely can still die. Um, and like, an Arisa alt pretty much counters that real hard. Because she can destroy your alt, so you're all vulnerable. And then everybody else has damage. So when that alt does, or that ability does go down, everybody's on really low health. And your whole team just dies. So that yeah, feels really bad. I like that piece when I'm playing Moira. Because you'll put down that heal, that field, and almost everybody will be at like one health. I just gotta launch one orb, and there you go. I got a triple kill. Right. That feels good. Yeah. And it's definitely good for Junkrat, too. Like, Junkrat's real good at killing that shit. Mm hmm. And I'll take any reason to make Junkrat more useful. Well, Which Junkrat it, it, got it, some buffs, too, though. It You know, it, it fucking annoys me, because Junkrat, I always do really well with. He always seems like a great character to pick. Don't ever see him in League. Yeah, it's very, very uncommon. Yeah, I'm like, why? He's such a good character. I think it's because he doesn't have a lot of utility, like, outside of, like, just damage. And as far as damage goes, there's just stronger picks. I don't know, especially my ability to just, like, lob grenades over walls makes them enough for me to pick every time. Yeah. Well, and I mean, also, we have to keep in mind how different um, standard play is from competitive. Like, anytime I watch Overwatch League now, I'm like, yeah, that's cool, but that's, like, not even the same game that I'm playing. I don't ever feel like it's that different, to be honest. I do because like the strategies that work just don't work with like regular players and like some of those strategies they only work because they know they're playing against like other pro strategies that only work against other pro strategies like it's gotten so meta gotta love the meta yeah I mean kind of there's it's always gonna be there Yeah, but I wish it wasn't, though. I mean, it's a natural byproduct. That's like, you know, I really wish the water wasn't around. I hate it when I get wet. Like, fucking yeah, but it, it's going to happen. Like, I, I also enjoy being clean. I don't know. I just feel like the meta thing always just kind of breaks the experience for me. Yeah. It's like, yeah, here's all these characters, but play these six unless you want to lose. Like, cool. This is fun. So do you want to have a... Uh, I don't know if this will be a big conversation or a real short one. Uh, the whole uh, Google Stadia announcement. Yeah, I'm not that excited about it. I mean, we'll see what happens, but there's been a few people that have been coming out with their own, like cloud streaming gaming services kind of shit. I mean, NVIDIA just did that recently. So, And uh, I, I just... I, I don't know. The idea of streaming anything just seems like a stupid idea to me. So, I have mixed feelings. Like, I know it's going to work because I've seen it work. Like, I've tried it and it works fucking phenomenally. Um, And I did this when I had shitty internet. Like, I played it with like 20 down and 10 up and it worked really well. Like, I played Odyssey in their alpha test. Um, and it worked really well. Like, I had no issues. I was able to just play that game from a Google Chrome browser. Um, 
And I like the idea of being able to just play on any device that has Chrome on it. So like my cell phone, the TV with a Chromecast, you know, I can just turn on that Chrome controller and it you, it works on Wi-Fi. So it doesn't even need to be like you don't need to hook it up to the device you're playing on, um, which is also real weird. But it's kind of cool. So I, I'm excited about the idea of like just being able to play any video game anywhere at 60 FPS and not worry about, man, it's time for me to spend another like 1500 bucks on a gaming computer or, oh man, I have the Xbox one, but it's the old one. So it has really long load times. Like I hate that shit. So I am kind of excited about that aspect. The thing that sucks is the potential for ownership of games to basically go completely away. Yeah. And that's been happening over the years anyway, and I'm not a big fan of that. But I guess it also comes down to the point where it's like, I'm probably not going to really play it again anyway. I mean, yeah, but like, imagine, imagine some of the games that we go back and play. Like, you know... Let's say World of Warcraft decides to shut down. And nobody has the servers because we all only ever played it online. Like, that's not the case with WoW, but, like, if it had come out originally on the Stadia, like, once that game shut down, nobody would ever be able to go and play that game because no one would have had any sort of dump of the code. They couldn't set up private servers. So, truly, once a game is dead you know, where they take it off the servers or that service goes away, it's legitimately just gone. Yeah. I think the other problem for me is just the fact that I don't need it. It's like, well, you can play video games anywhere. Okay, but when I want to play video games, the only time I'm ever going to do that is when I'm home and my computer's right here. Well, that's not the thing that I'm worried about. The thing that I am interested with the play anywhere on any device thing is like I would have loved to have played you know certain games with Andrew but he didn't have an Xbox you know yeah so the whole like well I wish we could play but my computer's not good enough like you know I probably would have been more interested in the division 2 if it ran better better for me so yeah. I, I like the the thought of not having to worry about that. Not necessarily I can play this on a train somewhere. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. I just... It doesn't have a lot of use for me, so I guess it's just not something that I'm very excited about. Yeah, I mean, I'm very, very cautious of it. I think it's probably terrible for the consumer... Um, because the potential for them to be like, hey, look, you can play this game, but first you're going to have to watch this 10-minute ad. Or you're going to have to watch this 10-minute ad after you die. Like, it's going to get real ugly. Um, Well, I also expect that if this whole cloud streaming thing becomes super popular, that Steam's just going to do it at some point. So, potentially, but that's why it's kind of upsetting that Google is the one doing this first uh, because they have the infrastructure already in place and they kind of have the ability to become the steam of 
the streaming game service because they are in the position of, well, we own all the infrastructure and all of the server farms that all of these existing competitor services potentially are running on and can simply say, no, you're not doing that. Hmm. So like the Steam servers that you download your games for or on, those are probably hosted um, by a Google server. Maybe I'm I'm not I have no Oh they are. I I, yeah, no, that's for sure. Um so there's a real clear like you know, lack of competition here, uh potentially. Like it might not be the case, but also like it's probably assuming that it picks up a lot though, I guess. Yeah, I mean I think it'll be a success because like I said it worked really well and it's a pretty easy sell when you're like hey you don't have to buy these expensive consoles anymore um, you know pay us 60 bucks a month and play any new game any game all the time anywhere like I don't think it'll even be that expensive I think we're looking at Netflix of video games where if you want to play a game that's not on the free rotation like you know i want to watch star wars but that's not on netflix this month imagine if you had the ability to give netflix an extra five bucks and rent that movie and get it digitally like you know origin premiere for example you can just upgrade your service for a month um i think that's probably what we'll see like a 15 20 a month service and then upgrades available or if you watch ads you know, you can get a discount. You know, I don't understand. There's more and more studies showing that over time, ads are becoming less effective, if at all effective. And I feel like everyone's response to that has been, we need to find more new ads. ways to advertise more. And I'm like, that's just going to make it less effective. What are you doing? You know, it's one of those things where it generates money, even if it's not successful. And it's become so ingrained in culture, I don't think it's going to go away. Like, I agree with you. It's fucking dumb. And they shouldn't continue on that course. But, you know, why would they stop if it keeps making them money? I, I had a, I had to talk with some of the, the people that I do co-op stuff with because they... Like, right now, a lot of our, our dealers are still advertising in newspapers and radio and television which makes sense for my region. Um, and they want to move everybody towards, like, online, social media, Facebook. And I'm like, Facebook is a pointless waste of time. And they're like, well, why? People will see it. I'm like, nobody is going through their Facebook and going, well, I didn't really know if I wanted a new HVAC unit, but now that I saw an ad on my Facebook, I'm gonna. that's not going to fucking happen. Stop. Right. No, you're you're absolutely right. And it doesn't work necessarily for every every field. Not every no. uh not every product works on Facebook. Like HVAC is not what I think of when I think of Facebook ads. Like for a t shirt business it makes sense because you know 
you can People you're used to seeing pretty like pictures that. yeah on facebook and you can see like funny meme shirts so you know it's not out of place to see an ad for that and then when you know the next time you need to get a t-shirt made or you want to buy a shirt like you know you're like oh yeah that's right that place had those cool cat shirts or whatever um that sort of makes sense to me but like hvac like i'm gonna look up what the nearest one is i don't need them to advertise to me yeah and if there's more than one i'm going with the cheaper one because they have similarly bad reputations i'm a hundred percent sure i actually had to i had to tell some people that we had this big long conference about selling to millennials which of course i'm like one of two millennials in the room of a bunch of baby boomers and nobody's asking my opinion at all and i've been to school for marketing like maybe i will know something and they're like oh you know you need to tell them about you know all the good eco savings and green and blah 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 i'm like that's not how you sell to millennials yeah and they're like well what do you how do you think we should sell to millennials i'm like it's not that hard have a decent (laughs) looking website and the cheapest price and that's the only two things that matter yeah we don't have that loyalty thing anymore no, brand loyalty is out the window. They're like, but, you know, for only $200 more, they could get this one that'll last them five more years. Yeah, millennials don't care. You know why? We don't have that extra $200. Whatever's yeah. cheaper, that's what the fuck we want. Hopefully, in five years, when this motherfucker breaks down, I'll have enough money to buy a better one. But until that time, I want the cheapest one. Also, that's it. we know that technology gets better over time. So we buy things with the knowledge that they're not going to last 20 years because there's going to be a better version of it next year. Yeah. And it'll which be is cheaper. Exactly what's happening. So yeah. I'm like, nobody cares about any of this crap. They want the cheapest, not the best, just the cheapest. Yep. Now if it's between <clears throat> two units that are both cheap. Yeah. We'll do a little digging to figure out which is the best. And none of your advertising is going to make a difference in that at all. You just have to have a better product. Like, we'll know if you don't. I don't know what to tell you. The website's important, though, because if I'm going to look for your store and you don't have a website or your website looks like some crap that you kind of made in 1995, I'm probably not going to you. Right. Yeah, you you obviously are not keeping up with technology, which means your, your hardware is probably the same price and not as good. Yeah. But aside from that, nah, dude, just get a better website. That's really all you need to do. Do that and sell cheaper products. You're fine. That's all you need to do to sell to millennials. It's not hard. True story. Um, what was I going to ask you? Um, I had a question that I was going to ask you, and now I can't think of it. Uh, good question. Um. Oh, so I'm kind of curious. Do you think TVs are going to become less common in the next 10 years? Uh, Within the next 20, yeah. Like, I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, it'd be kind of nice to have a TV in my bedroom. You know, just so that if I want to watch a show, I don't necessarily have to, like, sit on the couch and, like, have lights on and whatever. I can just lay in bed and be like, okay, I'm done and go to sleep. Um, 
But at the same time, I'm like, I could just do that with my phone too. You know, and not bother my wife or kid if they're sleeping in there. The problem is, like, I don't, I don't know that many people in our age group that really bother with TV that much, unless it's just to put something on for their kids. Well, I mean, I watch a lot of Netflix and a lot of YouTube. Sure, sure, but you don't, but not television itself. Like, no, I mean a get... TV for watching streaming stuff. Yeah, and that will probably still stick around for a while. I mean, I've. I've owned a TV for over 10 years now. I've never paid for cable. Uh, my girlfriend watches Hulu and Netflix. Her TV's not hooked up to cable. Like, most of the people I know just don't watch television. All I need is a screen that I can put Netflix on, and I'm good. Honestly, right. at this point, Netflix should just make their own TV. Well, and I think they thought about that, and they were like, instead, we're just going to make the Chromecast, and you can watch whatever... You know, on any TV. Which, I know plenty of people that do that. So. I don't know. I think the need for TV is is going away, and if there's any kind of replacement in the market over the next ten years or so, we're going to see that product wipe out television. I guess I was thinking particularly, like, the big screen. You know what I mean? Like... Uh, when I think of a big screen now, I think of like a, you know, 30-inch monitor. I think screens are going to go in general as technology gets better cuz you already have people working with those like like hollow keypads, like some real sci-fi shit. Um and I think TVs just take up too much space in the house. Right. So, I mean, I've already seen people that are switching from TVs to projectors in their house. Oh, for sure. I think projectors definitely will become more prominent. The problem with projectors is they do tend to require a little more space. So, well, that's what I'm saying is I think we're going to find a a product that's somewhere in between. And whenever we get that product, we're just going to stop seeing televisions because they're big, they're heavy, they're expensive... They take up a lot of power. They break it's easy, just, too. Yeah, they break super easy. It's just kind of at a point now where, like, does it even fucking matter anymore? I I don't know what happened, but I know we were working on OLED TVs for a while, which are just, you know, thin as fucking paper. Right. No, I mean, they're still around, for sure. Yeah, I, they never hit the mainstream like I thought they were going to. They're in phones. Yeah, but they were working on it for televisions for a while, and I I was kind of hoping to see more of that, and really all we've done is gone, like, back to LED, because plasma is kind of shit, and that's it. It feels to me like they've had some issues um, getting them cheap at larger sizes, like they have with some other stuff. Um, like... You know, you see them in cell phones because they're affordable, you know, really high resolution, really good pixel density when it's a small screen. But if it's a large screen, it's not cost effective anymore. Yeah. I don't I don't really care about watching stuff on a big screen anymore either, I guess, because for years I've been watching everything off of my laptop or my computer monitor. So the idea, like, I haven't even hooked up, I have, like, a 40 or 50-inch television. I haven't even hooked it up in several years. 
because it just seems so unnecessary for me to have a screen that large. Right. And that's what I meant when I asked, like, do you think TVs will go away? Because like, you know, just like you said, like I didn't even bother hooking it up because like, I just watch all this shit on my laptop anyway. And it does other stuff. It's a better investment. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like I'm already playing games on my computer and now I'm ready for bed. Let me just pop on Netflix. Like I don't need to switch to another device. I don't need to fiddle with anything. It's just right there. Right. And like a lot of people like Titus would rather watch his tablet than watch a TV. Oh God. Yeah, dude. When my, when my godson plays like Lego dimensions or worlds or whatever the hell it is, he's playing on his Wii. He doesn't even look at the TV screen 90% of the time. He just looks at the Wii. He always watches everything through his tablet. Like he could care less about the TV itself. Right, like, Titus doesn't like the TV because he's not in direct control of it. Like, the yeah. tablet, he can just, like, tap on shit and be like, go away. <laughs> yeah, I want to watch <laughs> this now. Um, whereas, like, the TV, he's like, oh, I gotta get the controller. Because, like, we watch everything through the Xbox. So, like, he's gotten pretty good at, like, you know, using the Xbox controller just because he watches TV on there. Um, and he actually started playing this uh, this free game on the um whatever it is xbox access or whatever um whatever that service is and it's basically all of the pixar movies with a bunch of like kid-friendly games and he's gotten really legitimately good like it basically won't let you screw up too bad um like you know if you're driving it'll kind of like keep your car turned the right direction like it won't let you drive backwards on the track it flips you around and doesn't make you feel like an idiot or like it's stopping you um so he's actually gotten pretty good at using the controls and he hasn't noticed it but like you know I noticed him going from like, you know, not being able to run in a straight line. Like he could never get past like balance over this log to the other side sort of stuff to now he has no problem, like completing whole levels of games and like winning races and shit. My godson has this problem where he'll get easily frustrated by something and then he'll just refuse to do it. Even if he very obviously can. Yeah. Titus was like that for quite a while. So that's annoying. Yeah, Titus was like that, and he actually... So we got him the Super Nintendo Classic for Christmas, and he really likes it, but it's still kind of difficult for him. Um, and he would... The first game he wanted to play, of course, was fucking Castlevania. You know, the easiest of all the games. Yeah, yeah, pick the easy one, why don't you? Um, and he got really frustrated, because he's like, I can't do it. We're like, yeah, dude, you, like, pick the hardest game. So then his next choice was, like, fucking Star Fox. And I'm like, all right, dude, like, let's let's try some Super Mario Brothers here. <laughs> How about um, Aladdin or something? Like, Yeah, like, let's pick something. Because he does better with, like, platforming. Like, he understands the concept of, like, run and jump a little more. And then he picked up Mega Man X and did a little better with that, too. Um... So he's he's slowly gotten the idea like he started like only using one button. If you know what I mean, like he could run or he could jump, but he couldn't run and jump. You know, it's really funny when I try to get adults who don't play video games to play stuff with me. Um, yeah, because even playing like Minecraft, 
it, it's surprising how many people are like, I can look or walk, but I can't do both. Yeah. Like hand-eye coordination in video games is one of those things where we take it for granted because like fucking, of course you hit, you know, three quarter circle, you know, full circle AB to do this attack. Like, yeah, that makes sense to us. And like insane precise platformers like trials and super meat boy, you know, the amount of like control that that requires and hand-eye coordination and like, you know, when you're doing that shit, you're calculating physics in your brain. Like, that's not easy to do. But when you try to get somebody that doesn't do that stuff at, at all, they're like, how do you do this? Like, I don't understand. Like, how do you do all these things at one time? It's like, fucking practice, man. Like, it seems stupid and we're like sitting in front of a computer screen or a TV playing video games. But what you don't see going on is the mental exercises going on in your brain. There's yeah. a reason they played, you know, the chess games of their time in ancient history. It's because the mental exercises are still valuable. Yeah, and there's so many things. Like, I get bored by games now because they just get so routine and easy for me. But then you watch somebody new play it and they just struggle to understand how to do two things at once and it's like oh my god this game's so easy you need to stop right yeah i don't know i i feel like sometimes games get a little up their own ass as far as like con like convoluted menu systems and like expecting you to know oh you just need to like sort these items or you need to you know mark these items as junk well not even dark souls like you know, I'm thinking of games with item management, kind of like Diablo or Skyrim is a good example, where they just dump so many systems onto you. And, like, if you had no idea how the level-up system worked, that's a lot of information, right? Yeah. So it's I mean... it's interesting, I think. And I feel like a lot of the time developers kind of discount people not knowing all the convoluted complex systems that we just know how they work. And then they're like, I don't know. We'll bury it in the tutorial somewhere at some point. I don't know. That was always kind of the fun for me. Like I play, I remember playing Morrowind and going like, why do oh. I have all these fucking spoons and napkins? Like, can I fucking do anything with them? No, you can't even really sell them. Okay. No, I mean, I, I love figuring out, like, the difficult stuff, and, like, I enjoy tinkering. Like, I kind of miss having to use DOS to launch my games, because it was some it was kind of like the mini-game, you know what I mean? I think that's why I like modding Morrowind so much. Exactly. But I also can understand, like, if I really just wanted to fucking play a game, I would be really fucking irritated if I had to spend ten minutes figuring out how the goddamn thing worked. Yeah, you know, like if I had no idea, like if I have to fucking change a tire on my car, I'm really fucking irritated because I got to remember how to use this. How does this jack work? Where do I put it again? Like what part of the axle does this go on or where on the car? Where's the hard point? Like that stuff's not fresh in my brain. It's not stuff that I, I think of every day. And at at some point I'm just like, I'll just pay someone to do it. I don't want to think about it. So I understand people's frustration with complicated video games. Yeah, it makes sense. I don't, I don't know. know. 
It's... Some games are really. Some games seem really complicated. Skyrim's not one of those games that seem complicated to me. I've seen a lot of newbies pick it up, but like Elite Dangerous. Oh, that game yeah, exactly. Real. That game is real hard to pick up. Imagine, and I love... imagine if your first video game ever was Eve Online. Think about that for a minute. I never actually played Eve Online, so I don't. Well, it's probably the most complex game I can imagine. Like, the amount of systems, the amount of... Like, you legitimately could have, like, thousand-page instruction manuals on the systems in that game. And the tutorial is, like, eight hours. That's unnecessary. Yeah. It it is unbelievably complex. And I think that's cool. It's awesome that that exists. But there's no way that a person that doesn't play games you know, very seldomly would ever get interested in that. Yeah. It's still weird for me to think about how games used to be versus how they are now. Like, I still remember playing, like, Sonic 2 and Mortal Kombat, and then you go and look at, like, games that are out now, and you're like, fuck happened in such a small amount of time? Well, and I think that's why, you know, games like Tetris are timeless, because their mechanics are very basic. Like, anybody can figure that out in, you know, a couple of quick games, like a few minutes, ten minutes at the most. But it's fun while you're doing it, and you can you can get really good at it. Like, there is strategy. There is layers of strategy and complexity there. Whereas, like, a game like Skyrim is more about being creative, Whereas a game like Tetris is more about skill and strategy. It's just a very different thing. And then you get games that kind of, you know, mesh the two together, like an RTS, like Command and Conquer, or, you know, Warcraft or Starcraft. God, I love Command and Conquer. Yeah, I I was going through some of my old discs looking for uh, Star Wars movies today. And I came across my Command and Conquer collection. And then I actually came across my uh, Command and Conquer, I think it was Tiberium Wars for Mac. You had Tiberium Wars for Mac? Yeah, I bought it at the Apple Store while we were in college, actually. You poor, pathetic bastard. I mean, I think I paid like $5 for it. Still overpaid. Yeah, it, it was fine. EA ruined that franchise, and I will never, never, never be okay with that. Well, I don't know if I'm saying the right name. It wasn't the like mobile one. No, it's like number three or something. Yeah, I think so. Everything after Tiberian Sun can suck my dick. I don't care. <laughs> um... Like, I don't like anything. The only thing that EA did with Command and Conquer that I can maybe give them credit for. Uh, Red Alert 2 was kind of stupid, I don't know. I never played 3. Generals was pretty good, though. So, Red Alert 3 was like the one that came out in college around the time as Warhammer Online, right? Yeah. So, I actually like that game as a Command & Conquer game. Like, it's goofy. It's got the stupid FMV. Um, Like, I actually think that game is kind of good. But... I also understand um I understand people being upset about it because it was a it was very much a like 
chips and beer kind of hang out and play a dumb goofy game this is not for the big hardcore fans sort of thing it definitely felt like they were trying to make the michael bay movie of command and conquers yeah it's also fun i don't know that's that's kind of what ea did to the whole thing because they started with red alert 2 and red alert 1 had the typical like command and conquer style i don't know story and structure and everything and then red alert 2 and 3 just seemed like cartoony versions of themselves yeah I mean, you're not wrong. It, it definitely, they tried to franchise all of their games. You know, they wanted to turn every game into a Call of Duty and Madden yearly release. And they just, they hit a real fucking hard wall. You know, they, I feel like they hit the panic button and they're like, oh God, we've got to make money. Loot boxes are popular. And that's how that fiasco happened. You know, I feel like it was a knee-jerk reaction where they were trying to get investors back on board. Like, how do we generate a bunch of revenue and have a good year? Well, people seem to like these games. Let's, you know, charge them for stuff in the game. That's what people do now, right? (laughs) That's what the cool kids do. Like, when they looked at how much it cost them to create the content to put in those loot boxes versus the amount they could sell them for... And then they were like, well, our properties are better than other people's. Um, You know, let's charge them a couple dollars more. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's... EA definitely has some good properties. um, But I also feel like they hit the panic button a little too hard. Um... And I don't know that they can come back from it because they've burned all their bridges and they've also lost the faith of their investors. So they just don't have like a good avenue out. Like I feel like the only thing that could save them at this point is they needed like Anthem to be this incredible world changing game because they lost Destiny. Yeah. And, you know, that was one of the things. Um, that was one of the things that was supporting them even if it wasn't a lot they had you know they had some goodwill built up from that just because the Destiny player base was so solid like the players would always come back to the well and then they burned them so bad that everybody was like well if we stay with them, we're not going to be able to fix this because they won't let us. And they're just going to say, well, look at everything, you know, that went wrong here. Well, I guess we can just give up on them because it's just more corporate bullshit from EA, you know, like Bungie was losing all of their goodwill from gamers. And that's the only thing that kept destiny alive was people hoping for that game to get better than it ever did. Yeah. Like, I feel like Destiny's pretty fun, but I also feel like Destiny's pretty fun for, like, an hour. Yeah, I don't know. That game, I I just got bored with that game real fast. Anthem is good, 
But I feel like Anthem's not a game that I'm ever going to want to spend money on. Well, and that's just it, is we've totally changed what we're doing as far as developing games and consuming games. Like, we're not satisfied with a single-player experience anymore. We need that living world. We need that game to continue being a thing. Even after the game has come out, we need new content every month. So it's really frustrating for people because they're like, well, we have to spend so much more money making this game and we have to continue making money on this game after it comes out. So we have to charge them for loot boxes or expansions or something. You know, what? because the monthly fee is pretty much extinct at this point. Well, and the the other problem is that they won't stop with the making like big productions out of things in games that nobody really cares that much about. Right. Like, yeah, I know all the video game magazines are going to talk about, oh, well, the graphics in here aren't as good as the graphics above. If it's a fun game, nobody will give a shit. Just stop. Yeah, no, I mean, like, people still go back and play fucking Super Mario World. Like, a good game is a good game regardless of the graphics. The graphics do not make it a great game, but they can help. Like, having great graphics is never a knock against a game. Having a bad style is. But if you're, like, if you've got to find all this extra money because you spent, you know, two-thirds of your development cycle making sure all the graphics for the shit that you'll never actually use or see are fucking 100%. We don't need it. Stop. Just get rid of it. Yeah. No, I I agree. I, I think people need to stop putting all of their eggs in the basket of, you know, this game is going to be an online service and a living game. You know, we're going to be playing this for 25 years to come. Um, you know, that's just... That's basically asking for people to never play all the new games coming out. And it just makes you, it makes the market impossible for everybody. Because developers can't just make a small game anymore. Even indie developers have to get like massive funding one way or another, or their game just doesn't make it. So I don't know. I, I don't know what the the right thing is because there are some really cool games. Like I got a lot of fun out of Destiny. Um you know, like I, I had a really good time with that game. Um But also I don't think I I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset if they were like, Hey guys, we're gonna stop making content for Destiny two, we're gonna work on Destiny three and it's gonna be great. I'd be like, Fucking okay. Spend more yep. time on the story, please. Um, you know, I feel like I've got my value for my money and I would have been totally okay if they had given me all of the content up to the current release for like 60 bucks up front and then been like, Hey, here's another game. Two years later, it's 60 bucks again. I would have bought it now. I'm like, I don't know if I want to spend 60 bucks on this. Cause I know I'm going to have to spend another 60 to a hundred bucks on it later if yeah. I want to actually see the whole game. Like, games aren't 60 bucks anymore. 
No, and it, it's getting really frustrating, especially when a lot of the DLC content for these games are not really that great. Yeah, they they unfortunately have the latitude to be like, well, this launch is actually only going to be a little bit of the DLC. We got more coming later because we just missed our deadline. Like, you know, they definitely aren't held accountable anymore. And I understand, like, video games are harder now to make than they've ever been before. Um, And the bar is so much higher than it was. But at the same time, like, I just want a fucking good game. I don't care how you get there, and I don't want to pay $180 for it. And, like, more than that, I don't want to spend $60 for an incomplete game. And then have you expect me to give you more money later? You know, like, we promise it's good. We promise it's good this time. We fixed it. We fixed it. Like, I don't know, man. Like, do I want to take that risk? Is it, you know, I didn't think it was worth it before. So, you know, now that's when you get things like, well, Bungie has a pretty good history of supporting their game. Like, I guess it's probably worth the chance, right? And then you get burned a couple of times. Like, you know, you get those bad expansions like the Curse of Osiris. And you're just like, eh, I don't know, I don't think I'm going to do that again. Yeah, so. which is kind of where I got with that. Exactly. Um, but I also think we should really, we really need to work out real values for video game items. Because there's a lot of games where it's like, our cash shop is only going to be full of, like, cosmetic stuff and you don't have to worry about affecting gameplay cool i'm fine with that 100 percent on board i will spend money on that and then they're like if you want a really stupid looking outfit that's like only kind of cool maybe uh it's gonna be like 10 bucks like uh no i'm not paying 10 dollars for an in-game reskin that doesn't do anything to my game how about you make that shit 99 cents or something? Fucking let's be realistic here. And let me just fucking buy it. Like, don't make me buy 20 loot boxes and hope I get the one thing I actually want. Oh, yeah, those systems are real fucking stupid. And they're going away. Like, enough countries have banned them that they've stopped putting them in most games now. Um, I'm curious what you think of games like Path of Exile and Warframe where they don't charge you for anything. And then if you want to buy cosmetics, you know, you can spend whatever. Um, I mostly think they're a waste of time because those games to me just, and I know you're more into this kind of thing than I am, but it really just seems to me like it's free. There really only is about three hours of actual gameplay but there's 700 hours of grinding. Like, well, I don't want to do that. Well, I mean, the story in Path of Exile alone, if you just go through all 10 acts, is probably, like, for a first-time player, probably 10-plus hours. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of that time is just dying and then grinding so that I don't die so I can get to the next fucking part of the story. I mean, that's a lot of games. You could say that about Halo. No, not really. Yeah, if you don't know what you're doing, like you you run up against a hard part of the game and you die a bunch to the snipers or whatever, you know, like, oh man, okay, how do I but, fucking figure this out? Like, it's kind of the same concept. But that's that's if you're, like, terrible at shooters. Like, look, I've played games like Path of Exile before. 
you know, I've played Diablo, but they're just like, we're going to make our game just ridiculously brutal, so you have to grind everything out. See, I and don't feel I like Path of Exile is brutal, though. Like, I feel like it's very easy. Well, you've also been playing it for a couple of years now. Well, yes, but like, also they've made the, the early game a lot more approachable. Like, they've adjusted the skills that you get naturally and push people towards doing things the way they should. So, like, instead of needing to grind for a piece of gear, they make sure you get the piece of gear, or at least have the opportunity to get it, you know, through the quest, so that you can keep progressing. I guess I also never gave a fuck about the Path of Exile story. Because those kind of games are just not games where... I, wa- I even want a story. Like, I would love to... Pl- if Diablo 4 had no story, I'd be fine with it and wouldn't even notice the difference. Oh, I, I mean, I agree. You know? Like, I kind of care about the Path of Exile lore now because I've spent 900 hours in the game. Right, but... and I know I know plenty of Diablo lore just because I've played so much Diablo. But do I need it there? No. I mean, I just enjoy that style of game. Like, I will grind because I like the mechanics. I like playing with the skills. It's kind of like playing with different guns in Borderlands, for example. Um, but <clears throat> I understand why some people wouldn't enjoy that. But at the same time, I do feel like, you know, them putting out a new league with a whole new mechanic that's basically like a hundred times more complex and interesting than anything they've done for Destiny 2, in my opinion. Like, it's... Every three months, they put out a piece of content that's bigger and more complex and interesting than the paid expansions they put out for Destiny 2, like Forsaken. It's way more complicated, and you can spend way more time on it, and it's rewarding. And it's free. I think the, the other big problem I have with Path of Exile, because I'm an RPG gamer at heart, is... The character customization is fucking garbage, and I can't... Like, every time I try to play Path of Exile, like, let me start up a new character. All of these look awful. I don't want to play any of these fucking characters at all. Well, I mean, it's kind of the same thing as, like, playing um, Borderlands as well. Because when you hop into Borderlands, it's like, oh man, pick your character that you're never going to see. Yeah, but I'm fine with that. I guess those characters have personality to me. Even with Diablo, the different characters have their own kind of personality and aesthetic to look at. You're like, this guy looks cool, or that guy looks cool. Everyone in Path of Exile looks fucking boring. They all look boring. There's no character or personality in any of them. Well, and that's the whole thing, is like, if you want want to add character and personality, like, that's the microtransaction, right? Like, that's what they charge you for. I guess. I've never really looked at the microtransactions available for Path of Exile. There are a billion of them, and they are incredible. They put so much detail in all of the skills. Like, so everybody was like, they put out this new ability where you basically shoot out, like, five, like, purple orbs that kind of, like, uh, cascade in front of you and kind of, like, dance and, you know, circle in front of you and go forward. Kind of like, uh, I, I don't even know what to explain it as. And everybody's like, oh man, I wish you could shoot cats. So they made spectral cats for that ability, like within a week. And they put it out, and you can just go buy it, and it's like three bucks. 
Like that's right. the shit I appreciate, you know? And then they put out like a supporter pack for every league. So like, if you want to give them money because they put out this new league, you can give them like 30 bucks. And if you're like, man, I spent like 500 hours on this league. I want this other cool stuff. I want to buy the next tier of, you know, supporter pack. You don't have to buy the $60 edition in addition to that $30 pack. It's just another 30 bucks. Right on. So they, they apply what you've already bought towards the next one. That's Which pretty is, cool. Yeah, like they have a really, really good microtransaction. Um, I don't even know what you'd call it. System, I guess. Like their store works well. It doesn't punish the players. Uh, you know, they let you just pick and choose what you want to have. There's a few games that have good systems going on. I mean, Guild Wars 2, I think, has had a good microtransaction system throughout its entire life. Yeah. Where nothing in that microtransaction center matters. None of it. There's a lot of cool stuff in there, and if you want to drop a couple of bucks, make your person look a little cooler, fucking fine. Um, but there's no necessity to it, and I really like that. Especially with it not having a subscription on top of that. Yeah. Fucking A+, plus. I'm all about that. I, I don't understand a lot of the MMOs that have not moved to that system. Because I'd be far more inclined to play, like, Final F- I'd go back and play Final Fantasy Eleven if it didn't have a subscription fee. But that right. game has not been upgraded. That game is outdated and old as shit. It's still fun, but it's not 13 bucks a month fun. Right. You know, like, lower it or make it free and do microtransactions or something. Especially when you have, like, a sequel MMO already having been out for years. Well, I think they do that just because the people that play it are so invested they're never going to leave. Like, if they were going to leave, they would have left during... um, What do you call it? Uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. When that came out, that's when they would have left. Yeah. So they know those people aren't going anywhere. So they're just going to keep charging them because they know those people are just going to keep paying. Yeah, I guess. I just, you know, there's some of those games I would like to go back to. And the only thing that holds me back is a monthly subscription fee. Yeah. Because I know I can pay for it this month. But then next month I might have to look at my bills and be like, well, do I really want to keep doing this? And the moment that I unsubscribe. I might not be coming back. Yeah, and actually, so my least favorite model of that, I I like the pay month-to-month model better than the Elder Scrolls Online's model, where it's the idea of, hey, you can have all these basic features like, you know, having enough stash space and a bank that you can actually use and storing your crafting items separately from your other items but only if you pay us, and then if you stop paying us, well, you either lose access to those items or good luck trying to manage your inventory because suddenly you can't pick anything up ever again. Like, that feels yeah. worse to me because they yeah. still let you play it, but it's going to be a terrible experience. Well, and then they're like, we have, like, in-game housing. That's really cool. Yeah, pay us a lot of money for it or you don't get to experience that at all. And I'm like, well, Literally hundreds of dollars. Like, if you yeah. want a big house in that game, it is literally hundreds of dollars, like five to six hundred dollars for a medium-sized house. 
which, you know, this is what I was talking about with the valuation of digital content. I don't really feel like companies should just be allowed to charge whatever the hell they want for their digital content because at the end of the day, dude, I'm paying for a fucking model. I'm paying for a 3D. I have no problem paying for a 3D model. I understand the work that goes into that. I've got no problem paying people for it. But, like, fucking... If you're going to make a 3D model and it, you have to sell it for that much, maybe don't make it. Yeah. Your your time would be better spent developing other things. Yeah, um, like a character customization system that actually looks like Elder Scrolls instead of making me join pre-made classes, which apparently they're doing something about. Yeah, and that's the thing is I think Elder Scrolls Online is actually a great fucking game. I have a good time when I play it assuming that I don't run into the roadblocks that they put in with their subscription. Um, and they try to say, oh, it's not required. Yeah, it kind of fucking is, unless you, you know, really don't plan on playing the game for more than an hour or two. I, uh, just to- totally random and off topic. But another one of our college mates just hit me up on Facebook that I haven't talked to in years. Yeah? It is the uh, the Brit. Oh, wow. Yeah, I haven't talked to him in ages. Yeah, apparently he started like a, like a welding shop or something like that. I don't know. Because, of course, that's what you go to a fucking digital art and design school for. <laughs> I feel like that's everybody we went to college with except for like four or five of us. Yeah. Everybody's like, I don't know, man. I'm going to go be an underwater welder. Fucking what? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's really bizarre. I, I, I found that my degree has helped me do everything but find a job in my field. I have had more people be interested in hiring me because we do this podcast than my degree has done like this podcast has opened more doors and gotten me more conversation started has gotten me in touch with more people like in my professional life than you know going to college and getting a hundred and twenty thousand dollar degree you know ever has done for me and that is upsetting it, yeah, it's really upsetting. I, I found it useful for different things. Like, uh, you know, when I started doing the house flipping, it's like, well, we need business cards. Well, I happen See, to know somebody that can design those. Well, so that's you the know? whole thing, though. Like, I could do all that shit before I went to college. I went because I thought I was going to learn a bunch of really complicated stuff, you know, that I never would be able to learn anywhere else. And then Meanwhile, you, you can learn them all on Google. Yeah, that's exactly it. Is like the only thing I learned was that people generally don't want to do it the right way anyway. So you should probably just figure out the cheapest way to do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They're not interested in doing it the right way or making it last. They're interested in how do we do this as cheaply as possible? And is there any way we can not do it? Yeah. Like, that's the most upsetting thing is a lot of the time the conversation turns from, Hey, we want to build this website, you know, or actually the way it usually goes is, Hey, we want to build an app 
And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you could do that and it would cost you, you know, a few thousand dollars. Um, but, you know, just use a website because it doesn't really cost you much. Like, it's a couple hundred bucks at the most. Yeah. Like, a lot of the time people just, they don't understand at all. And then once they do, they get upset because they feel like, you know, they're getting cheated out of this amazing tool that everybody hyped up. And now they're getting this basic thing that they, you know, everybody's got one. And it's like, yeah, it turns out everybody's got one because that other thing is kind of a rack of shit. Yeah, I mean, the other thing, too, is I get really annoyed because every time I complain like, oh, this is too expensive or this is too expensive. And people are like, well, you got to think about like all the schooling they had to go through and like how much it really costs to do this plus the amount to live. And then I'll be like, all right, fine. I get that. And then someone will be like, Oh, can you make me a website? I'm like, sure. What do you want? I want this and this. I'm like, all right, it's going to be like a few hundred dollars. And they're like, Oh, I thought you could do this for like 20 bucks. I don't understand why it's so expensive. Uh, because I went to a school that cost 85,000 fucking dollars for an associate's degree. And I also need to make a living and a profit. That's fucking why it's so expensive. I don't know why you're yelling at me. Like... Yeah, there's that's the problem is there's no there's no thought given to somebody's time being valuable anymore. It's always just, well, this seems easy. <laughs> this thing that I know nothing about seems like it should be easy, so I'm not going to pay you anything. It's like, well, do you know how to do it? Because... Well, and the other problem is people look at you know using a computer as this is only valuable in the sense of well you can play video games on it and look at facebook you know that's you know that's unfortunately what almost everybody looks at computers as now is like yeah I, i look at facebook on there occasionally so when they see somebody designing websites you know they're just like oh well you know that's easy peasy like they're just getting on there playing video games most of the time they're not really doing any work so why should we pay them you know for doing that even though like yeah dude no we went to college and got a four-year degree or a two-year degree just like a you know any other everybody else like you know you're not going to go to your accountant and be like use a computer that's bullshit i'm going to give you five dollars an hour you know, the accountant yeah. is going to laugh at you. You know, if you boil it down, a lawyer is literally paid to know a bunch of rules. Yeah. Like, we pay them to argue with people or to talk to people or to sign paperwork and file it. Like, we literally pay them to pay someone else in their office to email documents back and forth. That's, when you boil it down, what it is. And the only specialty that they do is knowing which documents and the right people to talk to at the right time. They know the order of operations. So when you boil it down, what they're doing is way less complicated and way less difficult than what a web developer, web designer, graphic designer does. Because being a graphic designer takes creativity and a lot more complex thinking a lot of the time. Like there's always, you know, this isn't the rule. This is very, very much generalizing. But a lot of the time, what a lawyer does is far less complicated 
than what a graphic designer does or a web developer does. Yeah. You know, if you're, you know, trying to get out of a speeding ticket or you're trying to beat a murder rap, you're basically doing the same things just with different ramifications. Whereas if I'm trying to build an e-commerce site with, you know, encrypted documents and information and, you know, billing and purchasing, shipping, artwork, like there's a lot more complex things going into that. And every single case is different. And yeah. I realize, like, I don't understand all of the ins and outs of accounting or, you know, of being a lawyer or, you know, any of those fields or anything similar. But I do know that creativity is not something that typically goes into your average law office case. No, it's it's mostly just do everything by the book. Here's the papers. Yada, yada, yada. And on accounting, I, I don't know too much. I get a little iffy about accounting because almost everybody I've ever known in accounting doesn't even have a college education. Right. Yeah, no, so, I mean, and that's because a lot of them come from the, the baby boomer generation where they didn't need a degree to do those things. You know, where they owned businesses and they had experience, so they got a job doing it later. Um, you know, so a lot of that stuff, you know, they came from an era where it wasn't a necessity for them to have that degree. And now they're in a world where it is a necessity and they don't have it, so it's difficult for them to get a job. Well, and the all of the ones that are retiring drive me crazy, too. Because a lot of them are like, well, I'll just go work this job or this job, and I don't care if they don't really pay me anything because it's just extra money anyway. Right. And it's like, you do realize you're bringing down the overall pay scale for everybody in that field. Like, if you go into retail and you're fine with taking, like, minimum wage, even though everyone else is getting paid two bucks above minimum wage, it's going to be real easy for them to justify just paying everyone minimum wage. Well, and stop. what's really frustrating about that is these are the same people that will get upset when they play blackjack with somebody that bets and, you know, doesn't hit at the right time because they understand it screws up the table for everybody else, but yeah. they can't understand the basic concept of, you know well, if I'm willing to do this job for next to nothing and put in very little effort, that lowers the pay scale for everybody around me. And, you know, they understand like, oh man, if people put really low value houses in my community, it brings down the value of my house because the community value isn't as high. They can understand yeah. those things because they choose to. Well, but they and we have a very... to understand anything else because it doesn't help them. Yeah, we have a very individualist culture, and it's it's real frustrating because I've realized politics have gotten very much the same way. Like, you'll always hear politicians talk about America's finances as if it's like, oh, well, you know, if Mary at home can balance a budget, then the government should be able to bu balance the budget, too. And it's like, yeah, well, Mary if, at home If it was just can't... Mary balancing the fucking U.S. budget, sure. But it's not just Mary, it's thousands of people balancing well, different budgets well it's not it's not even remotely the same because mary can't print up her own fucking money whenever she runs out which <laughs> right. the government can like it's 
if the government goes $20 trillion in the debt, it can just pay pick up some more money and we're just $20 trillion in debt. Like, Mary can't go $20 trillion in debt. That just can't fucking happen. Like, that's not an right. option that Mary has, you know? It's not the fucking same. Well, and we've we've beat this horse to death, but, you know, we always come back to this where we talk about, you know, previous generations, you know, like our parents literally living off of credit cards because they can. Oh, that's still the recommendation I get from even my parents all the time is, oh, we'll just pick up some credit cards. I mean, we had to live off of credit cards for like 10 years. I'm like, that's stupid. I don't want to do that. I mean, a lot of people didn't even just live off credit cards for 10 years. Like, you know, my mom lived off credit cards all the way up until she couldn't. Well, I I think with, with my parents, because, you know, my mom especially got paid pretty good. Right. I mean, they were still using credit cards. We're still using credit cards to pay for things. But it's not like before where we absolutely could not have existed without credit cards. As to where now we could exist without credit cards, we just don't. Well, and I you think, know. so, a lot of this, you know, you had mentioned the individualistic mentality that Americans have. And I think that's a product of necessity. Think about the people that, you know, got here, they were living in Boston, and they were like, you know what, man, this place sucks. I'm going to go west. I hear it's good West. Like they, they fucking got a postcard or heard a story or saw, you know, somebody that traveled the other direction, talk about it. And they're like, that sounds great. I'm going to go there instead. The fact that they would spend three months, maybe more until they got somewhere and just be like, I don't know, this looks good. Let's stop here. And they had to exist on their own. They were completely self-reliant. There was no hope of, you know, I'm just going to stop and I, you know, if I, if I can't find food, I'll just go to the food bank. You know, the community will help me. There was no community, you know, generally speaking, they couldn't rely on that. Like maybe like it's, it was a possibility occasionally, but rarely. I, I don't think a lot of them have realized how much they've ruined most of the market in general, like housing, you know, like my parents were always like, well, just, you know, you can't always get a house you want. Just get whatever house you can afford. I'm like, I can't afford any of them. Right. You don't, you don't understand. You were working minimum wage and you afforded a piece of shit in a piece of shit neighborhood. I'm working full time in a job where I needed a degree where I'm getting paid two or three times more than minimum wage and I can't afford the same house. Yeah. Like, it's not like I can just pick up, move somewhere and just be like, I'll just go get a job anywhere and pick up an apartment. You can't do that anymore. And my yeah. mom's constantly like, why don't you move to another place? Like I did when I tried to move out to Indiana. And it's like, because if I don't get a job right away, I can't have a safety net. Like you had a place to live and food to eat. Like a lot of people yeah. don't even have that. Like if yeah. I wanted to pick up and move to, you know, Utah right now, I don't know, fucking random place. I couldn't, I legitimately could not do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a, it's not even a remote possibility. Like I don't have the money to move there and get an apartment. Like it's, it's not even an option. And even if I, if somebody offered me a 70,000, $100,000 a year job to move out there where I would be able to afford, you know, the cost of living, um, 
I would have to turn them down. Just because, you know, I'd, I would either turn them down or I would have to have the conversation with them. Hey, I'd love to do that, but I'm going to need money up front or you're going to have to pay to move me there. Um, you know, I don't have the resources. Yeah. And people just don't get that. Oh, I know. I've had several conversations with my mom about, like, she's just like, why don't you look for work in other other states? I'm like, because no one's going to pay relocation fees, and I have no way to get there and live there long enough to get paid or look for a job. Because there's a lot of places now, it's not even that they, they won't consider you unless you're already living there. Like, I've seen tons of job applications where it's, like, local applicants only. Like, they do not want to deal with someone from somewhere else. And companies generally don't want to move people anymore, either. They would rather just find somebody that lives in that area. So unless you're already, like, if I was already a director of marketing for a company that needed another director in another part of the country, then yeah, sure, maybe. Right, it's always cheaper to move people in your you know in your business and higher up or higher locally than it is to hire out of state you know and have to train them and move them yeah like pick one is basically what businesses do yeah so i know it's it's rough it's a fucking struggle it is and like i'm not even complaining about it like you know it was my choice to go to college like my family probably could have warned me about it a little bit better but they didn't understand the potential i don't think you know i i can't imagine they would have encouraged me to go that deeply into debt if they didn't if they basically we were sold a bill of goods by full sale like i don't want to throw them under the bus but the reality of the situation is they vastly overestimated the value of the degree that they were selling me Oh yeah. You know, saying like, oh, starting pay is, you know, fifty to seventy thousand first year out of college. Whereas now I'm looking at ten years as a professional web developer e commerce manager and a seventy thousand dollar job is top tier. Yeah. Like I I genuinely cannot ever imagine a world where I would be making more than ninety to a hundred thousand dollars with fifteen years of experience. Um, you know, that that is an unreasonable amount of money for them to pay me to do that. Um, in the current climate, so them saying you're going to start at seventy thousand dollars is literally a straight up lie because in no situation would that ever have been true. Yeah, well, and I think just the general devaluation of of labor in general, people are just starting to pick up on. Like, I was telling my mom the other day, you know, Taco Bell's always looking for managers. And I was like, you know why they're looking for managers? Because they don't pay their manager shit. Right, a manager at Taco Bell, like, their top-tier pay is like 50000 a year. Fucking, I don't think it's even half that here. I mean, like, the general, like, store manager? No, that's what I'm talking about. They only pay about twenty twenty five thousand a year here. Oh, uh, well, here, like, if you're an actual manager, you will make, like, 50000 a year if you've gone to college. But if you're just hiring average Joe off the street, yeah. You're making, you know, 12, 13, 14 bucks an hour at best. 
And you're working like 70 hours a week. And around here, you just can't live off of that. So it's like, why are they always looking for managers? Because they don't pay shit. I mean, I've had several jobs in retail where my general manager, who had been part of the store for upwards of 10 years, is really only getting paid like two bucks an hour more than me. Right. And it's like, well, fucking that doesn't make me want to move up in this company at all. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the, there's no no reason to work harder for less money because the problem is you know i ran into this this year if you make over a certain amount of money between you know the people in your household and you get above the fifty thousand dollar a year tax bracket you basically don't make any more money than you were when you were making like thirty-five to forty-five thousand dollars a year, your actual income after taxes is actually almost the same. Yeah, see, and that's just fucking pointless. Yeah. It, well, and it's made. I've realized talking to older people about inequality is frustrating because anytime you talk to people about like. Yeah, I know everyone's scared of the term redistribution of wealth, but that is exactly what needs to happen. It's like we have a we have a finite amount of money. So if one if we have three hundred trillion dollars uh, in our country, and two people in our country have two hundred of those trillion dollars, um, you, we can't literally cannot make that much money because that money doesn't exist. And all the older generation seems to hear is, but if I was wealthy, I wouldn't want people taking my money. I'm like, yeah, but the point is, because they have so much money, you'll never be wealthy. Right. Like, that isn't going to happen for you anyway. There's legitimately no universe which that could happen because that money doesn't exist for you. Well, so on top of that, this is one of the fascinating kind of American concepts that, you know... Holds true outside of the U.S., but definitely is exemplified here. The rich get richer. You know, yeah. if you're making, um, you know, if you're making a million dollars a year, all you have to do is, you know, invest that money in businesses, and eventually, some of them, enough of them, will be successful that you can start more and invest more, and it snowballs. Um. So it's it's a situation of I don't have the money to start these successful businesses that I know would succeed that I have a business plan for because I have too much debt. Um, whereas if I had the money to start them, I could easily make more money and I could easily contribute more to the economy. But because people are unwilling to give me more money to start said business, um, you know, it's just, it's literally a matter of, well, you don't have the startup money and you don't have a good enough credit rating, which is literally a made up number. Um, so I guess just, you can't do that. Like, we're not going to give you the money to start up and we're not going to give you the opportunity to make the money to start it up yourself because the only way to get startup money is 
you know, obviously venture capitalism is an option, um, potentially. But that depends on where you live and who you know. And that's also associated with having money because you have those connections then through businesses that you've been running. You know, so it's... We've ended up with a system that the people that are already winning continue to win and the people that aren't winning that might be successful never get the chance to try you know it's it's very similar to you know back during segregation there were some legitimately incredible people that never got the opportunity to become those incredible people you know and affect the world in the ways that they should have because they just were never given that opportunity and while it's not the same thing the result is the same in that a lot of people with incredible ideas and you know that inequality has persisted it's not like that ended with you know the end of segregation well a lot of those people deal with those same issues on top of the issues that we deal with which makes it way worse and more egregious um but at the same time, you know, at least now some people are starting to recognize that and some of that's starting to change. Whereas if you are in the situation that we are where, you know, we're experienced business people, we've run basically run businesses for other people at this point um, mm-hmm. and have, you know, success that we can show, but because it's not based on the credit system that everything operates off of, we don't have those opportunities and never will short of something similar to winning the lottery. Yeah. We're just magically ending up on a project that for whatever reason becomes massively successful. Overnight. Right. Yeah, that's what um, I mean. Like you have to come into money, some sort of windfall with no real reason behind it. It has to be a purely luck related situation. Not like, I worked hard to get here. You can't work hard and be successful anymore. Like very, very seldomly. One of the things that I've argued for a while, and this is more of a, a product of trickle down capitalism is that like people always argue, well, if we give more money to, to rich people, they'll invest more and that'll, that'll move forward more innovation. And the way I see it is if, if more people have more money, then there's more people that can make more things or try more things out. Instead of, like you were saying, the system we have now, where a bunch of people that could be successful will never get the opportunity to be. It's like, it kind of feels like we're stifling innovation, not creating innovation. Yeah. Um, if I didn't, If I didn't have to beg a rich person for money based off of my idea, if I could just go try that idea and everyone else could do the same, that would have way more innovation than we have now. Right. I mean, so this is kind of morbid, but it's one of the things that I, I think of a lot that comes comes to mind frequently for me. Um, whenever I hear stories about, like, you know, so-and-so's baby got, you know, shot through a window or died in a car crash when they were five, I always think to myself, like, what if that was the next Einstein or Elon Musk? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, did we just lose the next potential world-changing individual because of a freak accident or somebody's shitty decision? Well, I mean, to the same front, we could have just lost the next Hitler, so... 
you're you're totally right <laughs> you are totally right but i i mean it it's it comes to my mind in the other aspect on the other side of that same mirror um where i look at that and i'm like god the potential that was there was lost and then you think yeah. about all those people that walk around that are basically the walking dead you know they go to work every day go back to their house and do the same thing until they can't do it anymore and then their standard of living goes down even lower typically because they're stuck in the worst possible you know nursing home or whatever you can think of wherever they end up at or living off of their children in the best case scenario like that's that's a really shitty thing and we just don't know how to manage the elderly at this point now we now we really don't especially with baby boomers retiring like crazy uh, my parents are both getting angry because my mom's retired, but she's realizing she doesn't really have enough money because, well, things are still getting more expensive. Right. So that's problematic. And then my dad is like a couple of years from retirement and his company's just decided, yeah, we don't need you anymore. Bye. Well, and think you about know. this for a minute. So imagine if somebody told you right now, hey, if you work for us for the next 20 years, we're going to give you... I don't know, $4,000 a month. That sounds pretty good, right? Like, I could live on $4,000 a month if I didn't have to do anything at all. Sure. Like, starting when I could still work in addition, like you, like we talked about. Um, like, that seems like a reasonable number, right? Okay, yeah. well, now, what do you do if everything costs twice as much in that next 20 years? Yeah. So now, all of a sudden, that $4,000 that you were getting... A month is now the equivalent of two thousand dollars a month because that's what they're dealing with you know well their four thousand turned into two thousand that's why i i'm also i i've not been on board with the fight for 15 stuff uh when, when explain people, what that is for people please so the fight for 15 is just trying to change the minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour or mm. a living wage but my biggest problem with that is we're slowly starting to get in and people are like, Oh, over the next 10 years, we'll pay 15 bucks an hour. And I'm like, great. That'll just so be, be the same. same. It'll be the same. Like the, when we first started talking about changing the minimum wage, the yeah. When people first started talking about it, the conversation had started, we should tie the minimum wage to something, tie it to, so we don't have to keep legislating change in the minimum wage dollar let's tie it to like a consumer price index so that when the standard of living goes up the minimum wage needs to go up yeah, um, i mean and that just turned into let's make it 15 bucks an hour even after we proved like five years ago that the minimum wage had it stayed on track would be 2250 and i'm like so let me get this right over the next 10 years we're going to change the minimum wage to seven dollars lower than it should be now how the fuck is that gonna help right and then when you go to say hey this isn't enough money they're gonna look at you and say hey you said it was we gave you what you asked for you know so they won't be inclined to do it again again right which is why you know I don't that's why they're that's why they're giving this. in and letting people do that because they're like oh look you know, if we do this now, it's going to save us, you know, $27 billion over the next 40 years. Well, and the other thing that they're doing is they're 
more and more people are switching to contract and temporary work for everything. So it's like, well, we can pay you over minimum wage for like three weeks and then you're out of a job again. Like, cool. So we're trading slowly getting higher wages for never having full-time employment again. Pretty much. Yeah. That That's a good way to run a household anywhere well, in the country. And not only that, people are, I don't know. I mean, what you, basically what you're describing is we're putting a bandaid on a hatchet wound. Like, yeah. You know, it looks like you're kind of helping, you're doing something, you know, you made the effort, right? But the guy still died because he bled out, you know, over the next couple hours. Because, let's be honest, you put a band-aid on a hatchet wound and it didn't really go all the way across. And it fell off about two hours later. Um, 20 minutes later, actually, is more appropriate. Um, but, um, you know, that that is the problem. Like, I was just reading a study that said that the average cost of living um, has basically gotten to the point where the median um, rent for anyone in the country in the U S is looking like a, close to $1,800 a month basically is what you're looking at. Yeah. Um, and what that actually boils down to is you need to make roughly, um, like $70,000 a year to pay your rent. Yep. Um, and the problem with that is the average income is actually closer to about like 25. 50. No, it's, it's low. It's like 25 to 35,000 depending on the area. I think um, it's like 50 for here, but that's because Maryland is a richer area overall. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like the median, like across the whole country. Cause like here, yeah. the average is like 25. Whereas like where you're at, it's like 50. So it's like 35,000 median income for a household. And then, you know, we've got millions, millions of people living on welfare and welfare doesn't help the problem. It just, it lets people not work is all that does. Yeah, you know. well, it doesn't let people not work so much as it's starting to force people to not work. Yeah, because they're worse off if they go to work. If they go to work, which is a really stupid problem because people are like, oh, you got all these people on welfare that don't want to work. That's because if they work, they make several hundred dollars less than if they didn't work. If you yeah. want them to go back to work, you have to pay them more. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really big issue where... Um, you know, people, I guess people just don't understand what it means when people are like, oh, it's actually, you know, you're worse off, you know, going to work than not working. People are like, oh, but like, you know, don't you feel like trash if you, you know, if you're just sitting at home all day getting paid? Doesn't that make you feel bad? And it's like, yes, that does make you feel bad. But also just... these people also enjoy eating and having a roof over their head. So they're going to continue to feel bad so that they don't feel bad outside while they're hungry also. Yeah, and, and it's, you know... <laughs> it just hurts you my also, brain. If you, if you look at other statistics, I mean, suicides are way up. And I know on the news we're always talking about these, like, kids or, like, veterans, but, like, white males who used to be able to just go get a standard job without a college education and got paid pretty well 
now have to be on welfare because they can't do anything. Like, they're killing themselves off in large, large numbers. Like, yes, it does make people feel like crap. So much so that we are having a mental illness crisis in our country. <laughs> like, yes, people feel terrible about it. Well, and not only that, you know, there's unprecedented unprecedented numbers of children killing themselves. And I think one of the reasons is a lot of these people, you know, these young people look at their parents and how much they're struggling just to make ends meet, you know, despite whatever else it is that they're doing. Um, and then they look at, you know, what's, you know, what are my chances? Like, what are, what am I good at? And a lot of kids, they don't know what they're good at yet. So they, they have this very bleak outlook. They have access to the internet that gives them information you know it takes away some hope right it takes it demystifies you have these yeah. answers to questions that you never really had the opportunity to answer before and yeah well i i told my mom that i was like you know you have this problem in like high schools where people are critically depressed because these kids are looking at their futures and realizing they don't have one right and, and they understand mom, it and my mom's like people were realizing that by high school and i'm like look i know you all were just drinking and doing drugs until you were 30 but the younger generation is way more paying attention than previous generations were like kids like i remember even you know when we were going to school like college was really pushed you had to do well you had to get a's on everything because otherwise you were going to get a job blah 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 blah. like yeah by the time you get to high school you're like all right, this is all the things I built up. I'm trying to pick a college. I'm trying to pick a career. And then you're looking like, what can I do uh, to not starve? Uh, nothing. Fuck. Yep. Okay. Like, <laughs> well, and people look at, you know, these young people, they look at what they're going to have to deal with once they actually get out of, let's say they do go to college, right? Like they're like, yeah, dude, I am super smart. I'm totally going to fucking be able to do this. And then they're like, okay, but what does that actually look like, right? Yeah. You know, what does it look like once I'm an adult? And they see these videos of people that are just miserable. And, you know, look at all the memes of like, you know, oh, it's fucking Monday again. Back to my boring ass job. And like, the only thing that makes this worth living is this cat. Like, you know, just terrible shit. Like, it's really depressing. Like, it's kind of funny to us because we're in it and we've dealt with it. But if you're looking at that with a very bleak outlook and you're like, fuck, man, why bother, right? Like, why should I deal with this bullshit? You know, I'm not enjoying it right now. And from the looks of things, it doesn't get better. Um, And then they're wondering why we're all sitting around playing video games. Like, (laughs) fucking I wonder. What the hell else am I going to do? Yeah, like, it, it doesn't make sense to them, like, why aren't you going out and doing something? Why don't you get a second, third job instead of sitting in front of that computer? It's like, because I, I want to do something I'm good at that I enjoy that, you know, basically something that relieves the stress of every day. Well, not only that, so that I can just, continue to deal with the stress of every day. It's also the only real cheap way to have fun anymore. Right. Um, Vacations are out, like, right? Well, not even vacations. My mom used to be like, oh, you know, I'd have like five, ten bucks and, you know, I'd just go out and have a good night and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I got to think about it. 
for me to go out and do something extra, well, that's going to be another $5, $10 in the gas tank. Plus, I'm probably going to have to pay $5, $10 to get into wherever I'm going. And then I'm going to have to spend money to do anything while I'm there. I've already spent like $50. I've been at the bar for two hours. Yeah, I mean, so like, here's a perfect no. example. <laughs> so anytime me and Ashley are like, okay, let's go have an anniversary dinner, right? Pretty normal thing. Yeah. Um, when we decide to do that, we have to look at how much money we have because we're going to have to get a babysitter if my mom's not available and we just don't count on her being available. So we budget for it. Um, so we plan on, we're going to need 30 to $40 for the babysitter for one night. And then we're going to spend, if we go to dinner, it's going to be 20 bucks. Cause we're cheap. And like, we like cheap food. Like that's not an issue. Like we choose that. And that's, um, I mean, that's really fucking cheap for a restaurant. Right, like, we don't eat a lot. The stuff that we do like to eat is fairly cheap. Like, we like to go to, like, Mexican grocery stores and eat the food there because we think it's amazing, like, legitimately. Um, but a lot of people, you know, that wouldn't even count. So let's say, you know, you spend 35 bucks on dinner, right? So you're 75 bucks in the hole already. And that's being conservative on the babysitter. Most people, it's 50 bucks for a day. Like, eight hours, you know? Like, you want to go to dinner and a movie in the bar? You know, you're gone a good eight hours, right? Yeah. Um, so 50 bucks. So you're, you know, you're fucking already 85 bucks in the hole for a sitter and dinner. And then you want to go to a movie. Well, that's 25 bucks for two people. And then you yeah. want to go to the bar. You know, we'll go to the bar for 25 bucks because we go to a bar where people know us and we get free drinks. Most people are going to spend 50 bucks at the bar on top of it. So, you know, when we go... We basically plan on like we need like a hundred and twenty bucks to go out for a night, and that's so cheap. Yeah, like that's as cheaply as you can do it. Well, it's like even trying to go to a concert anymore. It's like, oh well, why don't you just go in the concert and see a show or something? I'm like, let me think about this. Once again, I still have the gas, and then once I get there, you know, all the venues are in the city. Well, I got to pay for parking, and then I got to pay for admission, and then I got to pay for drinks while I'm there. Um, you know, I, I've already spent 40, 40, 50 dollars easily just to go watch a local band play for two hours. Right. It's not like before where I could just pop into a bar and pay maybe like a $5 cover fee and Hey, I'm watching a band. No, that doesn't happen anymore. So like going out and doing anything, is just too fucking expensive. My roommates, you know, when they, you know what they do when they celebrate stuff like their anniversary? They go shopping. Yeah. No, we've definitely done that. That's the only time that they really, like, oh, hey, we have a day where it's just us. Let's fucking go take care of all the things we weren't able to do before. Like, you know? Right. Yeah, I do know, unfortunately. <laughs> um, And that's not to say that that's bad. Like, you know, I'm okay with, you know... You don't have to go and do all those things. If you just want to go see a movie and spend 25 bucks, great. That's 25 bucks. That's perfectly affordable for, you know, an adult couple, right? You have jobs. You know, like, we're not talking about, like, welfare people here. We're talking about professionals. Um, $25 is an acceptable cost. Um, you want to go to the bar and spend 35 40 bucks on drinks? Fine. You want to go have dinner for 25 30 bucks, 50 bucks? Great. Um, you know, but if you combine all those things, all of a sudden, 
it's pretty unmanageable. Like, you know, and like you said, like if I want to go to an event, like I want to go to see, I wanted to go to C2E2 this year because we didn't go last year, but we hadn't got our taxes back yet this year because they had the event earlier than they usually do. Um, so what that means is, um, basically we just weren't going this year because tickets for one day for one person are $55. Yeah. So it's 110 bucks for the two of us to go to the Comic-Con just to get in the door. Right. And then you're going to have to spend money while you're there. Yeah. If you want a beer, it's going to be $8. If you want a soda, it's going to be $5. If you want something to eat, probably 10 bucks a person for like a slice of pizza, not like a meal, but like a slice of pizza. And not a good one. No, very, very <laughs> cheap. Or like just a hot dog that you would get like at Costco. Um, yeah. You know, you're looking at huge amounts of money. So for us to go to C2E2, not even including buying anything cool at the show, it's 110 bucks to get in. Maybe more, depending on taxes and whatnot. Um, and then it's another 35 bucks for the train ride. And then, what else? Um, we either take Titus and spend, you know another 40 bucks on the babysitter or we buy him a ticket which isn't discounted mind you children's tickets aren't any cheaper so that's another 55 bucks like it's literally impossible right yeah like that's just it's not doable and that's that's before you even buy anything at the show and you're gonna want to because that's part of why you go right if you want to get an autograph from a famous person it's a hundred bucks Yep. Yeah, easily. Like, that's the starter price. If you want a picture, it's like 200 bucks. Yeah, like, it, that's it's, insane. It's, it's totally outrageous. I, it's hard for me to even go to conventions anymore, because I'll go to, like, you know, Comic-Con and stuff. But it's all just so expensive, and I, I feel bad for a lot of the artists that show up in the artist galleries. Because I, I won't buy pretty much anybody's anything because i can't afford the prices they're asking and i get why they're asking the prices because they have to make you know ends meet too and they charge them to be there you know it's not free for the artists to sit there and wait for people to come buy stuff they have to pay a booth fee but like you know if you made a little plushie of a character that i like i'm like oh i really want that and then they're like cool it's 55 dollars i'm like fucking nope not doing that right like that's cool but you know I can go buy one online that's very similar for 20 bucks. Yeah. You know, like, I'm sorry that I can't support you. I genuinely am, but it's not something I can afford. Um, you know, and there are people like people will go to Adepticon, the big Warhammer convention here in Chicago every year. And it's like, you know, free to get in. But if you want passes and stuff, you're probably going to spend 50 bucks. Um, so, there are people that that is their vacation. They will fly to Chicago, get a hotel room for the weekend. That's going to, you know, the flight's going to cost them 600 to a thousand dollars, depending on where they're coming from. Um, you know, on top of that, they're going to have to fucking buy food. So they're going to spend another two, 300 bucks. They're going to buy stuff at the convention and probably spend another 500 bucks. 
So they've spent like two to three thousand dollars to go to this convention. And then that's their vacation for the year if they get a vacation. And they had to use their time off to go because it started Friday, right? So they had to leave Thursday, so they missed two days of work. So they had to use PTO on top of all of that. Like, yeah. There's a reason people don't go to fucking conventions anymore. And there's even more reason why people just don't go on vacations. Because it's not just the cost of going. It's the cost of missing work because people aren't paid salaries anymore. Well, I don't, I don't think rich people and big businesses understand how frustrating that they are. Because I always hear stuff where it's like, oh, they're getting ready to start doing commercial flights in a spacecraft around the planet. Like, oh, that's neat. I don't have the time or money to go down to the state right below me. Like, I've had people in Virginia asking me to come hang out for months. And I'm like, dude, when I have the time and money, I'll fucking let you know. Right. You and know? It's not going to be soon. It's not going to be soon. You know, you're not even that far away. I'm sorry. It's only a couple hours drive. I just do not have the time and money together to do that. But meanwhile, these other people are talking about riding a spacecraft around the planet. Fuck off. Well, and that's not totally new. I mean, when when airplanes were first invented, you know, it was a thing. You know, you put on a suit and tie and it was a whole ordeal. Like, you were paying astronomical rates, like, you know, very similar you know, thousands and thousands of dollars to do this. And you were just going for the ride, right? Yeah. Or you were a business person and you, you know, your company was paying for it. But I, though, there was the, there was the idea because people were slowly getting great, uh, rising wages that people were like, one day I'm going to get to fly on one of those planes as to where I'm just kind of like, Man, I really hope all of those people die in some kind of horrible crash and that money goes somewhere else. Like, Right. I, I don't... You know, I, I'm so tired from work. I don't give a fuck about flying a spacecraft around the planet. Like, there's too well, many fucking other things. And let's let's think about this, too, because, like, priorities have shifted. You know, we complain about money, and rightfully so. Like, I work hard, and I don't get paid for the work that I do, and that's why I'm looking for, you know, basically the same job that pays better. Um, but at the same time, I also have, me and my wife both have $1,000 cell phones. And I'm comfortable spending that because it's something that I use every day of my life, more than my computers, more than anything else, like, more than my car that I spend you know, 25 times as much on as my cell phone and use less, not that much less, but less. Um, I get arguably more value out of it, certainly. Um, and it is nicer, but you know, the priorities have shifted. You know, when you think about things that are an expense that you can't skip, like, well, a cell phone is one of those expenses. The poorest of people now have cell phones because they're a required part of our society. Well, and most societies, I always think it's really funny where it's like, oh, well, this welfare family says they're poor, but they have a brand new cell phone. It's like, dude, people in the parts of the Middle East that we've been bombing for 15 years have cell phones. Like, right. that's not... <laughs> yeah, that's not, that doesn't mean it, shit. it is a readily available resource. Like, it is, it is easier to get that than it is to get a car. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And and that's really weird, too, at least in America, because 
growing up, it seemed to me like virtually everybody had a car. Or four. Like... Oh, yeah. I mean, A car was just something that everyone had, and now I run into so many people that are like, yeah, dude, I don't even have a license because I'm never going to be able to afford a car. I'm like... Or they don't want to. They know how much it costs. Yeah, I mean, most of the people I know want one because, you know, if you're in the suburbs or a rural area, like, if you're living in a city, you probably don't care that much. Right, like, you've been here, like, where I live, you literally could not survive without a vehicle yeah yeah no it's the same here like you need a car unless you plan on working at the grocery store or the gas station for the rest of your life you need a car there's nothing else to walk to right you know it's it's a huge issue if you don't have a car and you get sick you know yeah yeah well and more and more people like myself are just kind of like fuck it i got sick i don't know no, I, I definitely do that too. You know, it's just like, you know, and when I look at insurance, you know, they're like, oh, if you get deathly ill, you know, this insurance will cover that, but it's not going to help you out if you get like a $500 bill. You know, if you get sick, you better get like cancer sick. Basically, I mean, with, with my deductible right now, like I'm getting charged 140 bucks for going to patient first for five minutes and getting the world's smallest bottle of antibiotics. And it's like, well, why the fuck do I have insurance then? They're like, oh, well, your insurance will kick in once you pay $5,000. I'm like, I go to the doctors maybe once or twice a year to get antibiotics. Right. So I don't need this. Like, oh, you could go to the hospital. I'm like, okay, well, on the off chance I happen to go to the hospital because I'm about to die, then yeah, I guess it'll help. But in literally any other situation, this does nothing for me. Yeah, basically, like, if you, like, let's say you broke your leg, it would behoove you to be like, you know, I think I, you know, I think I might have also broke my hip. You should probably check that too. Like it behooves you to encourage the doctors to charge you more so that there's a better chance that your insurance will kick in and actually cover the costs. Like it is yeah. cheaper for you to get a bigger bill, which is absolutely fucking asinine. Well, and as you were saying before about how the credit rating is just an arbitrary number, um, people get mad at me when I tell them that I do not care about my credit rating and do not pay attention to it at all. Yeah. Cause they're yeah. like, Oh, it's important. And I'm like, you have to remember when I got out of college, like I'm kind of at a point now where I could go get a loan if I wanted to, but before this past year and for about the past decade, I could never get a loan because my student loan was so high. Right. So it really wouldn't matter if my credit rating was perfect. I still can't do anything with it. No, I had a I had a so really good credit rating um, back when we bought our house on land contract because I couldn't buy it with a house loan, even though I had a really good credit rating, like six eighty. Um, yeah, I couldn't get a loan because my income to debt ratio was so high. So even though I was paying my student loan back, you know, faster than required, it didn't matter because you know i owed $125,000 and i only made $40,000 a year so yeah. the debt to income ratio was such that the bank said that's not a good risk for us well so and then why do i care about my credit if i can't use it when it is good 
Well, I've gotten to the point now where my credit is maxed out. It can go higher, but only if I get a credit card. So I'm like, well, let me get this right. So the only way that anyone's going to give me more money is if I buy things with money that I don't have. And that's yep. supposed to make me more responsible. You have to prove Why the f- to them that you are able to pay them more interest. Yeah, and so I'm like, well, this whole system doesn't make any fucking sense. And I'm just not going to fuck with it. Like, I'm just going to keep paying stuff when I can and doing what I do. And if that leads to a good credit rating, great. If it doesn't, then literally nothing in my life has changed. I, I don't care. Well, and that's the other thing, you know, with our parents is, you know, living on credit cards, they lived far beyond their means. And yeah. they were able to do that because they were offsetting their income with credit cards. So they couldn't really afford, you know, they can't afford the vacation this year and the new car and the house. But because credit cards, well, we'll pay this off over the next 20 years. But if they were forced to live, you know, within their means, they would be in a similar situation as us where they would have to pick one of those things, if any at all. Yeah. You know, and if they had to buy a new car, they probably weren't going on a vacation for two or three years. Yeah, I I know plenty of people that have never been on a vacation in their lives. Oh, for sure. Started working 10 years ago and... Yeah, couldn't afford to miss a day. Like, that's a, that's a thing that's very common here in the factories is, you know, people will get T-shirts for working two, three, four hundred, five hundred days in a row without missing a single day of work. Think about that for a minute. These people have not taken a sick day. They have not taken, you know, a day off of work in 500 days. That's years. And all they get for it is a T-shirt. Their pay well, doesn't go up. Nothing goes up. Well, and, you know, you used to hear, like, well, one of the reasons you want to stick with a company for the majority of your life is because they'll take care of you. And, you know, you stick around with a company for X amount of years and you'll get, like, a gold pocket watch or something like that. It's like, right. now you can stick around with a company for 50 years and if you're lucky, the CEO might give you a handshake. Right. Not even a hand job. It's just, like, cool, I guess what the fuck is the incentive to stay here? I don't understand. Right. Like, you know, and that's one of the comments I get when I go looking at jobs and go on interviews. They're like, Oh, we see you've moved around a lot. You know, you don't usually stay for more than a year or two. It's like, yeah, like nobody ever, there's no opportunity to grow. There's no increase in pay. There's no benefits. Why would I stay? And places don't like to hear that because they're like, fuck, that's us too. They're not going to stay here. And it's like, you're goddamn right. I'm not going to stay here. If you don't fucking offer me, you know, the ability to make more money, you know, or at the very least to take a new position to make more money and take on more responsibility. Well, and that's the other thing. I think the, the latter, uh, doesn't exist anymore. Like my mom cannot fathom that, but she's like, well, you know, you got to start from the bottom and work your way up. And it's like, the problem with that is, is there is no up to work two right like especially when you're working in jobs like ours no that's it i work in the marketing department for the whole company there's no up like i am there 
There, there's not a position above mine. Like, there's my bosses, but if they ever want to hire somebody else for that, they need a business degree on top of everything else, and then years of experience doing that kind of work, which I'm not going to get working at this job. Right. So the only thing that I can do to move up is to get another job. And once right. I get that job, the only way to move up is to get another job. Like there's no ladder. I have to just keep looking for more jobs that'll eventually, well, I, I, I guess pay me more to do something that I've never done before. Like, well, that's and all in I my really case, do. in my case, I would say it's even worse because what people are doing is they're eliminating jobs. So they're not going to have an e-commerce manager and an IT director. They want their e-commerce manager to also fix all of the computers and tell the old people how to use them. Yeah. So, you know, I've lost jobs because they've eliminated the position. I was like, oh, was I performing poorly? No, we've just decided to get rid of the position and have, you know, Bill and accounting take care of that fucking e-commerce bullshit because everybody uses Facebook, lol. Like, that's literally a conversation I've had um, where an accounting manager took over social media, like, because they didn't really want to spend any money on it. Or we're going to hire an outside company to do all these things rather than, you know, actually pay you to do them. Yeah, that's the other big trend that I'm not happy with is uh, let's pay a third party to come in and do all this work instead of hiring employees. And the CEO of that company will make bank, and all of those people will make shit wages. And it's like, cool? I, I don't... Yeah, it's... I mean, it's frustrating because, you know, a lot of the time when you go look for jobs after they decide they're going to consolidate all these jobs into one position, is now all of a sudden you're actually doing three people's jobs while being paid for one person you know, to do those jobs, but we're not going to pay you more. We're actually going to pay you less because we can get away with it. Well, it's kind of like we were talking about before where you end up with those job posts that are like, yeah, we want somebody with a master's degree and 15 years of experience, 10 in this field, five in this field. And we also want you to know every programming language ever devised, how to build websites, how to make graphics, how to run a business, how to do marketing and finance. We also would really like you to know Mandarin and Spanish. We'll start you off at like nineteen five a year. It's like, um, that's like a hundred and twenty thousand dollar job. What the fuck are you talking about? Right, that's like, not even one job. Like you're asking me to do four jobs. Yeah, like what? No. And you know, it's not even in a lot of cases. It's not even like you know. Oh, we need somebody that can do this, and it would be nice if they were bilingual. It's just like, also, you need to be bilingual because, you know, that that's a thing we deal with now, which is understandable, but it shouldn't be a requirement. It should be, you know, like it used to be an extra, like you would get, you know, extra bonus points on your interview. And then on top of that, they're like, we want you to have experience doing web development, e-commerce, graphic design. And by the way, you also need to do IT, which you didn't really go to school for, but it's a computer, so it's the same thing, right? But also, at the same time, you need to have done that at, you know, one job, because it looks here like you worked at five different places in the last seven years. So that's a mark against you. 
even though we're asking you to have done that. Yeah. Like, it, it yeah. just doesn't make sense. Um, I, I, I swear businesses are just looking for reasons to not hire people. Yeah. A lot of the time, too, um, they want to hire within, but they're required to look outside. So they make it an unattainable goal. Yeah, you know? no, I've, I've told my mom a lot because uh, she's tried to look up jobs for me, even though I've told her not to. Um, and she'll be like, well, there's all these job postings. If there's no jobs anywhere, then why do I see like 10 pages of job postings? I'm like, because most of them aren't real job postings, which is really like some next level mind fuckery to think about, but that's what it is. Yeah. So like, you'll see like temp agencies posting like 30 different jobs and you're like, well, they're not real jobs. They're like temporary contractor jobs. Where it's yeah. like you get paid twenty bucks an hour, but then we take ten bucks an hour off of your paycheck to pay us, and then you pay taxes. So really, you're getting paid like nine bucks an hour. I'm like, oh well, okay. Yeah, Woo. I I ran into a similar um, issue with my mom constantly looking for jobs for me, which I I appreciate the concept. Like that's not lost on me. Yeah, um, sure. But like you said she would frequently find jobs for me that are, um, you know, they're not really what I'm looking for. You know, it's not, uh, it's close. It's like, yeah, they use a computer, I suppose, but that's not what I went to school for, or it's something I don't have any experience doing, or it's PHP and I don't like doing that because I'm bad at it. Yeah, but you can, right? Okay. You're missing the point. Like, I don't want to take not, a job that I'm going to not, not well be enough good to at. hold a job. Yeah. I I could do it. I don't know how long I'm going to stay there because I can't do it well. Yeah. But... I, I assure you someone else will apply to that job that has more experience and is better at it than I am. And if I got the job, they would be disappointed and I wouldn't keep it. And she's like, yeah, yeah. but you need money. And I'm like, you're missing the point. I need money consistently. And I don't need a bad mark on my record, basically. Well, and it really doesn't help that the further, the earlier generations really could just be mentally retarded and still get a job doing anything. Yeah. As to where, you know, like my mom <clears throat> looks at these jobs and I'm like, well, that's not really what I do. This isn't really what I do. That's not really what I do. As to where, like, you know, for my mom, she got a job because she learned how to type. Right. That was it. She just took a typing course and then got a job that turned into a career. Yeah. Yep. Everybody can type. That's not, that's not a, that's not even, I told, I told my mom, I'm like, your only real qualification for a job isn't even a skill anymore. It's just right. It's something <laughs> children can figure type. out on their own. Yeah. My, my godson can type just fine. Like you don't need to pay anybody to type shit. Yeah. Like, like my, my three year old legitimately figured out how to, uh, he he watched us type in our password, and he knows the password to the tablet now. Like, that's not really hacking, but it's close enough that if you told my mom, like, "Hey, I need you to, you know, in the next two weeks, I need you to figure out the password to this tablet," she'd be like, "What? No, of course I can't do that." But for him, he didn't even try. He was just like, I need to know that, so I'm going to figure it out. It's a different mindset of 
I guess I'll just figure this out, which is how I've, you know, basically kind of taken over everything at the job I'm at now is like, I don't know how to do this. I've never done this. And I'll tell the boss that, but I'll also say, yeah, I don't know. I'll fucking figure it out. It's whatever. And then I do. I think right. that, was, that was the beauty of full sale. I think for us, it's just kind of like, even when I go into a job now and I've said this during interviews, it's like, well, have you done this before? I'm like, no. They're like, well, do you think you can do it? I'm like, yeah, I'm not really that worried about it. They're like, why is that? I'm like, I went through an accelerated college where I didn't know half of the shit that I was doing, and I had to pick it up within a couple of weeks. So I'm I'm not I'm just not worried about picking up a new thing yeah. and figuring it out over the course of a month. Like, I got this. Likewise, when people ask me, like, oh, do you think you'll be able to adhere to our attendance policy? It's really strict. I'm like, listen, I went to a four-year college program that I got a degree in two years and literally couldn't miss a day because we did a semester of school in a month. So, yeah, I, I think I can I can manage not missing six days of work in a month. Yeah, that's it's not that hard. <laughs> Your extreme attendance policy of don't be late more than, you know, more than once a week is pretty manageable, I think. Which only makes, just raises more question about what working practices have been for a while now. Yeah. And I've like... noticed that, that attendance still seems to be an issue for people. Like, I, you know, I've run into jobs, like, the job I got now, they were like, yeah, we had people that came in before you that, like, would come in three hours late and then spend an hour and a half eating breakfast. And I'm like, who are these people? Yeah. Where the fuck? So, who the no, hell they... got a decent paying <laughs> job in marketing that was just like, I'll show up whenever the fuck I feel like it. Like, who are these people? I'm pretty sure I work with them because that's a, a literal description of the other people that I work with. Um, the person that's been there the longest, she legitimately shows up to work at 11 o'clock noon. We open at nine and she will sit there and, you know, she'll get there. She'll go to the bathroom. She'll work on her hair, you know, check her phone, you know, get some coffee, like spend an hour dicking her out essentially. And then, you know, her excuse is, oh, well, I stay late like once or twice a week, like an hour late. So you come into work every day, you're salaried. You come into work two to three hours late daily. You don't work for the first hour that you're there minimum. And you make it up by staying late for an hour. And then the people that are not salary, your expectation is that they will, you know, they can't be late, you know, more than three times over six months. But it doesn't apply to them because, you know, they've been here a while. Like, yeah, it's unacceptable. Like, we've had people literally, every employee that they've hired there since I've been there over a year now, four or five employees have all been late on their first day or not shown up at all. Yeah, we've had, we've had people that have no call, no show to their interviews twice in a row oh yeah and it's like just tell them you're not interested or just come like how hard is it to come in for an interview you don't even have to work yet like what are you doing yeah and then we have people that legitimately walk to work like in the winter they will walk there like miles to work 
and then they will get reprimanded for being five minutes late. Like, I'm sorry, yeah. but that is that is inequality at its finest. Yeah, that's that's a bit much. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually had to have a conversation with our owner and be like, listen, this this isn't okay. Like, you can't have a policy that doesn't apply to everyone. Like, it doesn't have to apply to you because you own the business. But if you're going to tell it. somebody that walks to work and is five minutes late that they're in trouble or they took a smoke break and forgot to clock out, you know, that they're they're getting written up for it. But the person that's salary that arguably is underperforming shows up three hours late and it's perfectly okay. And then you expect, you know, those of us that show up on time, stay the whole day, take our breaks as, you know, we're supposed to at the same times every day. You are like, hey, by the way, can you do some work for free on the weekend? Absolutely not. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> no. And then, you know, a recent thing has been, hey, can you bring in your computer? It's faster and I need you to get more done. No. Do you want to buy me one that's better? You like, always buy one. I mean, I basically had to sit them down and be like, look, this is unacceptable. Like, you can't do this. Like, I don't understand why you think that's okay. And that's why I'm sitting here with you because I I need to understand what your logic is here because that's super inappropriate. <laughs> And they're like, oh, I don't know. It didn't seem like a big deal. And I'm like, that's a bigger problem. <laughs> like, this is getting worse. Um, uh, one of my favorites was when I was a CNC machinist. And to this day, and I worked there for like six months. And to this day, I still know virtually nothing about CNC machining. Okay, <laughs> I knew nothing about it going into that job. I made sure everybody was well aware that I knew nothing about that field. Um, but they just needed, like, they just needed people to run the machines. Right, they needed a person to sit there and push the fucking button at the right time. So the guy they got to train me was a guy who got fired shortly after he finished training me because he was, like, snorting pills and getting high throughout all of work. I fucked up a lot. That's the guy that trained me. I wonder why I can't do my job that well. It's it's a real fucking mystery. Well, um, yeah, and that's another issue we have is they're like, hey, can you do this? Well, I don't know how. Okay, but, you know, here's, just do this. And then, you know, basically no training at all other than, you know, here's the thing you should be doing. Like, the very basics of... You know, if you had to put an engine together, they'd be like, here's the engine, and here are some tools. Yep. Good luck. Okay, well, that's, and that's, but I just told you I don't know how to do that. Okay, so is it going to be done? Like, why are you still standing here? It, there's just a total disconnect of no, expectations. That's, that, that's exactly what happened to me. And then they ended up firing me. And I was like, just for shits and giggles, like, I know I'm terrible at my job, so I'm not surprised. Uh, I was waiting for this to happen. I'm surprised you let me go on this long. Um, but just for shits and giggles, why are you firing me? 
And they're like, oh, well, you're you're not doing great at your job and you were poorly trained. And I'm like, <laughs> I was poorly trained. So that seems like you're failing, right? That's yeah. Like, OK, I just wanted to make sure we're all on the same page. Fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I there's this problem that has arisen out of too many people being available for work because the shortage of jobs, right? For yeah. whatever the reason is that there is a shortage, we all agree there is one. Yeah. That's not uncommon. Um, so out of this issue of there being too many employees and not enough employers, um, the issue that has, you know, become repeated and paramount is they don't really need to be choosy about who they hire because if it doesn't work out, we're just going to fire them and hire someone else. Um, and then on top of that, to compound the issue, what they're doing is saying, hey, if we fire them within six months or nine months, we don't have to give them benefits. So let's, you know, there's an endless supply of employees and we don't need a particularly good one. So let's fire people or only hire part-timers so we don't have to pay benefits. And we don't have or to have temp- X number of, you know, full-time employees. Or, or temp workers, which I've run into this because under the law, a temporary worker uh, can work for as long as you want them to. Yep. Which seems like the exact opposite of what the word temporary is. So, you know, I ended up a job where I was a temporary worker for two years. That job used to pay $4 an hour or so more than I was getting paid for it. And it used to get benefits um, and like vacation time and shit like that. But now they don't have to offer that because they can just call it temp, even though it's a, I mean, it was a part-time job, but it was a, regular job i I wasn't working seasonally or anything like that it's like right you were a 40 hour a week employee or a 39 and a half hour employee for years and they just didn't have to give you any benefits or pay increase and or anything no obligation to you of any sort yep they could literally like swear at you treat you like garbage and you have no recourse because if you complain they just get rid of you and replace you yeah, like, that's exactly that's, what it was. That's why there are unions. Um, but I, I think it's also because a lot of our economy has gone away from, uh, you know, let's do things because we can, and let's only do things that are the most profitable, which is why you see, like, video game companies are no longer making games that are fun. They're making games that can make more money. Um, you don't see as many comic book stores. You don't see as many snowball stands. You don't see as many, like the, the entertainment aspect of our country is getting hollowed out because that doesn't make as much money as say military defense contracting or, you know, CNC machining or making a car, like whatever the most profitable industries are the only jobs that there are. And if you want to make a company (laughs) that isn't a hundred percent geared to multiplying your you know profit every year then you don't get a chance to exist right and you know it's not even just their fault it's they're just trying to exist yeah 
like they're you know they don't have a choice it's do we do business in this shitty gray hat manner or do we just not do business there's not really a middle ground for them so of course you know they're like hey we probably don't want to not have this business because it makes us money you know or it affords us to do things that we want to do so let's you know let's do the thing that's kind of shady that we said we probably wouldn't do um you know just so we can maintain our our lifestyle and it's well, I mean, hard to hold that against them right no i mean i totally get a the reason that we started flipping houses is because there was no affordable housing in our area and we were like well we don't really need a profit like we want to make some money but the basic idea was you know just on the side let's try to flip some houses and make there be cheaper housing out there um so people like me could actually afford to move out of my parents house and uh, what we realized is uh, that's just fucking impossible. Yeah. Just when you, when you go through the 15 million fees and the codes and regulations that force you to buy all new equipment and, you know, basically strip down a house and rebuild Things it brand like new. Put a fucking fire or a fire alarm in every room in the building. Well, it's not even that. So like, it's just it's it'll all be like the little things, and then that on top of it, like more and more regulation, more and more things that you have to spend more money on. Yeah, and it's like it's not even just you need a fire. Uh, you need like a fire alarm in every room of the house. It's got to be a fire alarm, carbon monoxide dual thing that yeah, let's has make to be it, battery. It's got to it be battery operated, as possible to pass the exam. Essentially, yeah. Set the bar well, as high as you can. But they've also put limits on it, so I can't just buy. A uh, uh, a fire alarm. I have to buy. I have not even buy. I have to have a fire alarm that's been made in the past five years. So if you have a six year old fire alarm that's already in the house that's functioning perfectly fine, you still can't sell the house till you replace that with a new one. Yep. It's like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to? Or like, here's a bunch of arbitrary tests that you need to give to your house, which they all make sense. A foundational house bug testing, you know, stuff like that. Um, but then the prices for them are just fucking retarded. Like, some guy's going to come over to your house for five minutes, you don't even need to be home, that'll be $600. Like, what? Why? Like, well, because, you know, Bill needs a new truck this year. Yeah. Like, it. it's become a, a thing of, like, you know, it's kind of like the old um, college hazing like yes, we all agree that it's tedious. It's it doesn't help anybody. It you know, everybody involved feels bad and nobody has a good time. But you know, they did it to me. So now that I'm in the position of getting to do that to someone else, I'm going to because I had to go through it. So so do you. Yeah. Like they're they're literally getting in this this loop of well it's always been this way and it sucks for everybody but hey we're not going to change it because you know the building hasn't burned down right well no the answer i always get is we don't want to change anything because we suffered for 40 years and made it work for us so even though that it's fucked you even harder we don't want to lose all the stuff that we got that we didn't even really deserve i'm like right cool thanks well I hope you die happy with that, you know, house and all that nice stuff that I'll never be able to get because you made it impossible for me to be able to get that. Right. And then, 
when you confront them with that and say, hey, man, this is really unreasonable and unfair. It wasn't fair for me. It's like, that doesn't make it better. <laughs> not only does it not make it better, but then at this point, we are literally just sitting around waiting for a generation to fucking die because we can't do anything until they do. Yeah, it, it's Which literally is... waiting for the king to die for the new regime to take over and make some changes. Well, even without making changes, I mean, for jobs or housing or anything like that, like at this point, you're basically waiting for the baby boomers to die off because they've fucked all of the markets. And until they stop existing, those markets are not going to get unfucked. Yep. So it's like, and it, it really sucks because, you know, we're, we're talking about like our parents and shit. It's like, well, I really love you, but I also really love um, living. So if yeah, you could being stop, able to afford food. Be, yeah. So if you could stop doing that, so I could start doing that, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the thing is, it's not, there's no, there's no consideration, not even remorse is not what I'm looking for, but there's no consideration given to, you know, Hey, I understand this sucks for you. Or a lot of the time, not even they understand it sucks. They're like, I don't know. We figured it out. It'll be fine. They don't even yeah. want to think about how do we improve this for future generations or, you know, like, well, I sent you to all the best schools. You know, I gave you everything I had the ability to, to give you, um, you know, so I did my part and now it's up to you. I've, I've done everything I need to do. And then when we go out and we try as hard as we can and we do all the things that they say that we should do, and it still doesn't work because it's just an unwinnable situation. And you come back and you're like, hey, mom, I got to live in your basement. You know, which I, I don't live in the basement, which is nice. But, um, I mean, we don't have one. So there's that. But, you know, there's a generation of people living with their families again because it's unaffordable and impossible for them to live on their own. And even if they could their quality of life would go significantly down if they chose to do that. Um, yeah. I've, I've had family members that have gone to that. Like, Oh, you know, I can't get such and such out of my house. Like, Oh, well, you just need to kick him out and let him figure it out. That's what we had to do. I'm like, well, if you really want your son to die of like a heroin overdose, that's a great plan. But so let me, you know, <laughs> let me explain, I guess we got to wrap up here pretty soon. Cause we've talked about, you know, the economy now for like two hours um but let me let me kind of stage this so that anyone listening hopefully there are some you know boomers out there i doubt it but maybe there's a boomer out there listening um you know or somebody that just doesn't have a clear view of the situation so i have a bachelor's degree and I've worked in the field I went and got a degree for for 10 years now. And my, basically, I don't make enough money to pay back my student loan, first of all. Like, it's, the the monthly payment to pay it back in, like, 25 years would be $1,000 a month. And that would barely pay it back in, like, 25 to 30 years. Um... And I have to live with my family, even though I have a child. So in order to be able to, you know, eat, 
and have a decent house and a car to get to the job because I live in an area where I have to drive an hour to work and I have to afford gas prices. So if I wanted to move out, like let's say I just can't stand living with my family, you know, and I've run into this situation where that was a reality and I literally had to sit down and be like, look, you know, this is why I can't do this. I don't make enough money and there's no way that I could. Um, <clears throat> and they had to relent because it, it's facts. Like if you look at it on paper, it's legitimately not possible for me to afford an apartment and still buy food. So if I wanted to move out and get an apartment, what I would have to do is I would have to quit my job. I would have to go on welfare. I would have to get government assisted housing because currently I make enough money that I can't get any government help or get, you know, income-based housing because I make too much money. But I don't make enough money to be able to pay my student loan and an apartment and a car and buy food and have health care. It's legitimately not possible because the salaries for the jobs, at anywhere that I've looked for my field, my experience, with the very few exceptions, like these impossible to get jobs because they're so sought after, you know, I would need to make roughly seventy-five to eighty-five thousand dollars a year to have my own apartment, not even house, my own apartment, and be able to buy food. So we are left with the situation of: Do I quit working and live in shitty government housing on a fixed income? with no hope of ever getting out of that situation just so that I can live in a shitty apartment? Or do I stay with my family and make it work and have a semi-comfortable lifestyle where I'm able to do the things that I enjoy? I'm able to buy the occasional toy or thing that I like. I'm able to provide my kids with fun experiences. Um, you know have a decent car and go to work every day and contribute to society in the, you know, manner of buying gas and food and, you know, just contributing to the economy. So I don't think that's a tough decision, right? Like, am no. I crazy here? No, I mean, I only have, I only have an associates uh, in roughly the same field. Um, and I've jumped around from a couple of things. I mean, I also took some, extra classes for art i took some uh welding courses just to try and get to a trade field and stuff like that um but i have a decent job now in marketing at the corporate office of a massive uh distribution company that's all over the country um and i don't have any kids i don't have a wife i still can't afford to go get an apartment i'm i'm living in my friend like the addition of a friend's house because really all I can do now is live with friends. Like I can't afford to go get an apartment because that would all, that would be a few hundred dollars a month more than I'm paying now. And I can barely afford rent here. So, and most, so, and from what I've, I, what I've read on the internet and what I've talked to friends and family that live elsewhere around the country, even successful people with good jobs in high dollar areas, and even just medium income areas where they have a good job and live in a metropolitan area where they, you know, if they didn't want to, they didn't have to have a car, for example. 
like a big city or a big enough city. Um, they don't live on their own. People don't get apartments for themselves anymore. You know, well, they no, have and that's two, even three, four roommates in a two or three bedroom house, which is even worse. As an adult, because right, as an adult professional, which and I wasn't even talking about getting an apartment for myself. I was assuming an apartment with a roommate. Um, and even under those conditions, with work being such so unsteady for everybody, how long does that work before you finally have a roommate that lost their job? Then right. what do you do? Because no one's got savings. Right. Yeah. No, there, I, I legitimately do not know a person with savings. I don't either. Yeah. Every now and then I'll meet somebody with savings for like a month and then literally anything happens and there goes all the savings. So, you know, yeah. it's it's an untenable situation. People are unable to live on their own anymore. And I, I don't think it's all bad to live with your family. I actually think it, there's a very good aspect to that. Um, it doesn't work for everybody. If it's possible and your family gets along and it's not too huge, obviously, it's fine. And, you know, we, you know we're looking at, we've made changes to where we're making more money now. Um, and we have, you know, more income than we had before. And we've saved and adjusted and done things here and there. And we've gotten to the point where we looked at it and we we're like, do we benefit from splitting up or do we benefit more from continuing to live together and building bigger? Do we add a second story to the house and continue to live in the same, you know, dwelling? And we, we looked at it and said, yeah, you know, it would cost us more to go live in an apartment than to build on an addition to the current house. And then we can pool yeah. resources and cook bigger meals that serve more people and it's more cost efficient. And then you've got built-in babysitting. You've got people to take care of you when you're sick. You've got cars to borrow if you need to go somewhere and your car can't do it or if your car breaks down. There's a lot of well, benefits. That's kind of what we're doing now because my friends have always been like family to me. So, you know, you know like my roommate will hit me up and be like, Hey, it's snowing. And you know, we both got to go into work early. Can you watch the kids for a couple hours? Like, well, I'm already going to be there. Yeah. There's so no guess, reason not sure. to, because later they'll help you out, you know, and they are, right. are helping you out. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, all right, that's fine. And, and I'm in a situation where I could go live with my parents if I wanted to. I just don't. Right. It's just um, uncomfortable for everyone. It's uncomfortable, but I'm also in an area where like, I'm one of the only people I've ever met in my area that has a family that stayed together. Right. Um, and because yeah, that is of, uncommon like, and because of healthcare problems, like a lot of people have already lost one or both of their parents. And if they didn't, their parents are probably shit and they don't have any relationship with them. So it's not even like there's family to go to. And then people wonder why we have such like a, drug problem and it's like well what do you expect these people to be doing it's because they don't have like, path of exile <laughs> yeah no half of these people don't have a car or a phone or a laptop a job family and then you're surprised when they're like i guess i'll just fucking do coke or heroin because because you feel good it's some an part from of my reality. life yeah some part of my life has to not feel like shit, right? You know? Well, and there's, there's a reason that marijuana has become so popular. It's partially because 
it, it is a healthy drug. Like it's not a horrible thing for you, but also it alleviates anxiety and stress for a lot of people. It makes them feel better without any huge drawbacks. It's it's an affordable vacation, um, and it improves their day to day life. And people are like, oh man, so and so, you know, they don't have a car, but they keep buying weed. It's like, yeah, dude, because they can't afford to buy a car. Being able <laughs> to buy something that costs them fifty bucks a week or fifty bucks a month, whatever it costs, is much more attainable than a $300, $400 a month car. And they might not be in a situation where they can, you know, you can't say, well, if they'd stop buying that weed and, you know, just save that 50 bucks a month in a year, they'd be able to buy a cheap car. Like, yeah. And then they'd have to fix it every time it breaks down and it would cost them more money. Or then they have to spend all the money on gas, insurance, license plates, like it's and that's assuming they can expensive. hold that much hold that much money over the course of a year without and happening which i don't know a person where that's been the case yeah like you get sick and all of a sudden you can't make your car payment because the hospital takes the money straight from your bank account or they wouldn't have helped you if you were sick because for some like, reason that's a fucking thing like my girlfriend for existence she's extre- she's an extremely kind person um, even where I think she shouldn't be, she is. Right. Um, so like, you know, she helped family members out that were really sick or, you know, doing really bad and needed help. Uh, and so there, there went some of her savings, you know, was right. picking family members back. I mean, you never know what kind of emergency you're going to run into. Yeah. You know, what happens if all of a sudden, you know, your mom's the only person you have and your mom starts to die and there's no way to make her you know end comfortable without more money like well there goes your savings because you're probably going to help her out like right you never know what's going to fucking happen so yeah or you know shit happens like man i was driving to work and i hit a gigantic pothole because it was dark and i couldn't see and the city hadn't fixed the roads hit a pothole and the entire wheel, the whole axle came off my car, destroyed my car. And, you know, I got the insurance money for it, but it didn't give me enough money to replace the car. So now I don't have a vehicle. I can't get to work. So I got to find a new job that's closer because now I don't have a vehicle to drive that distance. And now I'm not making money while I'm looking for a job. Like, it's really, really easy to get in a situation completely out of your control that you have no way to climb out of. Like, there's yeah. a real reason you see, like, thousands of percentages, exponential increases in suicide and homelessness. And it's because people are unable to pick themselves up and they have no hope. And then the whole community aspect has gone away from most society. It's, it's become the situation of people have no one to fall back on and no one is willing to help because everybody is scrambling and trying to make it on their own. Everybody's in it for themselves because they don't have a choice, right? There's, there's no other way for them to do that. So what you end up with is this sense of hopelessness. And then, you, you know, people are like, Oh, we've got a gun problem. 
And it's like, no, we have we have a problem with people that have no options and a mental illness issue. Thank you. Well, that's why I keep trying to tell people is like our problem is the economy. The gun issue to me is the same as the drug issue. Now, I know people that just don't like guns. You don't want to like guns, don't like guns. You don't want to like drugs, don't like drugs. That's fine. Uh, you know, what? I don't own a gun. I, I feel uncomfortable around them all the time, but I don't care that other people own them. That doesn't bother me at all. Right, that's like saying um, I'm uncomfortable around people's children, so people should stop having them. Stop having children. Yeah, it's like the problem's not guns. We've always had guns. We've always had drugs. The problem is why are people using them so much? That's, <laughs> that's the... And it, people have used that argument with guns but they don't seem to do that with drugs it's like oh we need to ban all these drugs and go after all these drug dealers no you need to address why people are using all these drugs well and not only that i mean i don't, I don't want to get into the gun debate because we've been at this three and a half hours but anytime somebody has the argument of oh they've got this dangerous weapon okay clearly you have never driven if you have <laughs> ever driven fucking it's literally imagine if somebody there were two people standing at the end of a fucking long ass piece of concrete and they're firing machine guns at each other. And those bullets are able to avoid each other. That's a highway. <laughs> yep. It's, it is literally people in fucking, you know, multi-ton bullets that are choosing not to run into each other at any given time. Somebody could, by choice or not, and it happens every day, millions of people die because their tire popped and a semi ran into a fucking, you know, school bus full of kids, you know, or a van runs into the back of a semi because the driver fell asleep or had a heart attack and it killed everybody inside. Or somebody had a bad day and drove a truck through a crowd of people. Like... A car is a giant bullet. Yeah. It is a dangerous thing. People are charged with assault with a deadly weapon all the time for going after somebody with a knife out and not even using it. Like, uh, there are deadly weapons everywhere. People can be considered a deadly weapon in some cases, and have been. So, to yeah. say that the gun is the issue is not true. It is simply the tool that was chosen because it was available. If that wasn't available, they would have chosen a different tool or done something equally horrific in a different way. Well, and the only argument against that ever seems to be, well, they can kill more people faster. I'm like, I'm really more concerned no. with why they want to kill anybody, period. That's kind of... Right, like, oh, so whether it's or not we're if they kill one person? Right, at least only one person died. Like, no, why is the one person dying? And then meanwhile, our government's in there going like, blah, 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 something Venezuela. Like, I don't care about Venezuela. Who cares about Venezuela right now? There's so many things going well, on here. And let's <laughs> let's look at the real issue. Like, people are like, oh, I can kill so many with a gun. Okay, have you ever seen a huge crowd of people? Do you know what a truck will do to a huge crowd of people? <laughs> the same yeah. thing a gun will, and probably better. Like, yeah. it, it's a dumb argument, and... You know, I agree, there should be better background checks. There should be a better system to make sure that these, you know, deadly weapons, they are, they are built for that. Well, and if you want to look at the NRA, which everyone <clears> wants <throat> to blame, regardless of what the NRA establishment is saying, if you look at the majority of NRA members, 
they all also agree that like more background checks and shit's not a problem. No, it, it's like it's appropriate. That's fine. Yeah. Like, okay. I, you know what? I advocate that driving tests should be more strenuous. People should be evaluated oh, yes. more often. I have been in so many close calls with elderly people that legitimately should not be driving. They are not physically capable or not mentally capable. But you know what? There's nothing stopping them from doing it. It's perfectly legal. And if they, you know, accident, it happens all the fucking time. Like constantly elderly man passes out at the wheel, crashes into a car and kills three people. And then what are you going to do to them? It's like an 85 year old person. They're going to jail for the rest of their lives. Okay. Like three months. (laughs) Like they probably didn't survive either. Like, you know, it's just, it's irresponsible to allow you know, an incapable person behind the wheel of a car. A car is terrifying. When you think about it, it is it is a steel frame covered in glass that goes 90 to 100 miles an hour. Well, it, it also, like, it would irritate me to have to keep going back to getting a test or anything, but it kind of irritates me that nobody ever really needs to check on my driving once I have a driver's license. Yeah. Yeah, there's... like I just I just go back and renew it. It's like there are plenty of things people do where they do they do it in a routine so much that they don't pay that much attention anymore. They just don't think about certain things because it's become like second nature. That's definitely happened with me. But maybe bring those people in once okay. every couple of years and go. Can you still drive? Like, let me let me give you an example, and this will make things crystal clear for people that are like, this is bullshit. You have to you know you have to take the driving test. Let me make this clear to you. We just, our family had to take the car away from someone in our family because they're older. They're 80. And they have severe narcolepsy. And they renewed their license. (sighs) And they fell asleep at the wheel. Yeah. And they didn't take away their license because they didn't hurt anyone. Oh yeah, I've I've got a family member who um, falls asleep if she drives great distances, mm-hmm. like more than an hour. She starts to fall asleep at the wheel. So we were we were driving up Pennsylvania, and she started doing that right as we're at like the top of a giant mountain. We're like, if you start going the wrong way, we start going down a very big hill. Um, so I eventually had to make her pull over and took her keys away from her and was like, I'm driving for the rest of this trip because you can't. So like my father-in-law sorry. has wrecked two cars by falling asleep at the wheel. Like it's, it's not an uncommon thing. Like saying that, you know, I agree. There are too many guns in the hands of people that shouldn't have them. And there should be more strenuous testing. But to say that that is the root of the issue is it's simply ignoring the real issue. It's like, you know, there's an an attacking horde of barbarians. Okay, take away their axes. Then they can't hurt us. Okay, I hate to tell you this, but a thousand barbarians with rocks and pitchforks and, you know, 
large sticks with rocks attached to them that they fashioned because you took away their shitty sword does not help. They're still going <laughs> to run in and kill all your people. Yeah. You know, it it's it's ridiculous. Like and if you're like, well, cuz the argument is you don't need people armed in schools if you take away all the guns, right? Yeah. Okay. So what happens if somebody that couldn't get a gun comes in and puts five bombs around the building? Something similar or possibly worse happens. If you have somebody... Like, let's look at it in a medieval aspect. Completely take the guns out of the situation. You've got a village outside of your castle. And you... We don't need guards for that village, right? There's barbarians. But we took away all their weapons and they said they'd leave. Right? You know... We took their swords and axes. No more barbarians. We've, you know, we've only got 50 guys and there's like, you know, a hundred women and children and elderly people in this village, but they don't need guards because there's no, you know, there's no swords and axes in that barbarian horde. So we don't have to worry about them. But wait, the barbarians just came in with sticks and rocks and killed all those people. And nobody was there to stop them. Yeah. You you can't take away all the weapons. It's literally not possible. A human being can be a weapon. Yeah, if you start going after every little weapon, that that's just that just won't make We're not gonna sense. have forks, we're not gonna have knives. You know, like it, it's a it's not a possibility, it's not even an argument. People, you know, say, Oh, it shouldn't be as easy. Agree. Don't make it easy. You don't, you know, you can't stop credit card theft. You also don't have to post your credit card info and personal information on the internet. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, you don't have to make it so easy for a person for that to, you know, to do. And a lot of the time you see security cameras in a business that don't even work. But, you know, people don't know if they work or not. They might. So it deters a lot of people. people. Yeah. Yeah. You want to deter it. You're never going to completely stop these major issues because people are people. You know, for better or worse, you're going to have all different kinds of people. So all you can do is try to make things better and prepare for the worst. You know, saying we shouldn't have armed guards in schools. You know what? There's too many people now. I I agree with you. A hundred years ago, probably didn't need armed guards in schools. They were small. Everybody knew everybody in the community. If there was a big issue, it got taken care of before it ever became a school shooting-sized issue for the most part, generally speaking. Not 100% of the time. But very, very, very rarely did that ever happen. And if it did, it was probably because of a negligent group of people. Um, Now, we have more people than we can count. You know, and we shouldn't try to count them. You know, I, I, again, we are way over time, and I should even be asleep. But, you know, they try to count the numbers of people in the country but they don't know how many illegal immigrants are, and they try to guesstimate. 
They yep. have no idea. The number of people in L.A. is astronomical. It's uncountable. It's like the stars in the sky you're never going to know. You can get an, an okay guess, maybe. But you really can't count on it. So you're, you're literally fucking shadow boxing. You're trying to hit shadows, you know. You're lashing out at things that you can't even see or know if they're there or not. By trying to regulate all of these people, you know, individually. Yeah, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. You're you're wasting your energy for no result, and you're continuing to do so because, well, it worked out that one time, so I'm going to continue to do that even though it failed 99.99% of the time. But that one time, man, remember that one time? You know, that's like saying, well, I won the lottery once, so I guess I'm going to go to the casino and, you know, bet all my money because I won that one time. Oh, look, I lost all my money. But how is that possible? I won that one time. Like, it it doesn't work. People just, you know, people just want to get that immediate gratification. They want to argue. They want to feel justified. They want to feel like they're contributing and trying to make it better, and I get that, and I appreciate it. But doing so in a meaningful way is the thing that needs to happen, not, oh, I want to look like I'm doing something. You know, people want to look like they're helping. It's people that are looking, you know, they're trying to signal that they are, they're doing the right thing. And I understand that. But don't do it in that case. Pick something else. Buy somebody a beer at the bar instead of fucking trying to say, ban all guns, and then maybe this girl will fuck me. Like, no. <laughs> like, you're going to the wrong watering hole, okay? <laughs> all right. Well, before we go off on another tangent, I think that's a good place to stop for the night. I, yeah, we're we're going down a real rabbit hole here. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I did not expect this conversation tonight, but it was interesting for sure. This is definitely probably one of the more random shows that we've ever had. Yeah, and approaching four hours. <laughs> um, so if you guys stayed through that whole thing, I, I appreciate it. Um, I, I hope you enjoyed it. If you have comments or thoughts, uh, feel free to, to post them. We're on uh, Twitter, Box Press Radio. Uh, you can join our Discord. You can find all of our info at boxpressradio.com. Uh, you can find us at twitch.tv slash boxpressradio and on Facebook by the same name, of course. Um, we do this pretty much every week again now. And yep. I know this week uh, we have a bonus episode coming up probably on Wednesday, Zero, if you want to join us. We're going to talk about the new Vampire the Masquerade game. All right, yeah, I'll be into that. Um, so, yeah, if you guys enjoyed... Um, let us know. We appreciate uh, reviews, good and bad. And um, yeah, we'll probably be back Wednesday and then again next Sunday. Yep. All right. Well, everybody, have a good week. Yeah. Have a good night.